I would love to see the FBI look into these cases. For months, calls for an FBI investigation. I think that the state police, the FBI, the CIA, whoever needs to come in and investigate. With at least six mysterious deaths involving African-Americans from Benton Harbor, family, friends, community leaders, all asking for more to be done. Do you think the FBI should get involved? Uh, yes, I do. You don't think that investigators here are doing what they need no, to do? No, I don't. It turns out the FBI was already involved in a couple of the cases. St. Joseph Interim Director of Public Safety, Steve Newbecker, made that point clear. The two cases that we're talking about today, the Eric McGinnis case and the Timothy Ellen case, the FBI was involved in both those investigations. Police reports show the FBI assisted in the search for Timothy Bulldog Allen in 2011, and the Department of Justice reviewed the case of Eric McGinnis from 1991. The Eric McGinnis case, the task force was formed involving the agencies of the FBI the state police and all local jurisdictions. While it's not clear how any of these people ended up in the water. We are learning new information about the events that led to the killing of a Benton Harbor teenager 30 years ago. The state attorney general's office releasing new details from what it uncovered in an investigation over the last six months. And News 8's David Horak is live in our Kalamazoo studio with the details. David. Good evening, guys. First off, in this nine-page report, the AG's office determined that there were three suspects in the killing of Eric McGinnis. Attorney General Dana Nessel says there were pivotal interviews with people who witnessed the events on that night in 1991 that changed this case from a drowning to a homicide. And she believes race was a key part in the killing. In the report, the Attorney General's office details what happened the night of May 17, 1991. They named the main suspect as Curtis Pitts. Witnesses say he kicked 16-year-old Eric McGinnis on the pier, knocking him into the St. Joseph River. Witness interviews conducted by state investigators now and local police then say Pitts referred to black people by the N-word. Last Sunday, 18-year-old Nicholas Gunn managed to capture video of a confrontation he had while covering the Krasil Art Fair for the Benton Spirit Community Paper. What is wrong with you? A couple of artists didn't want Gunn taking pictures of their copyrighted works. I understand what you're saying. Please don't dude. touch him. Don't touch dude. him. Nobody's touching dude. him. Come on. You get Come on. Face, Do it. Sorry. He's, He's doing the same thing. I didn't touch you, man. Come on. You're Come on. There was chest bumping, some shouting. Gunn says he started recording shortly after two separate artists called him the N-word. When they were cussing at me and calling me the N-word, humiliating me in front of every all these people, and I'm thinking to myself, like, this I, this is like the downest I've ever felt. You're really... There were no physical injuries. The whole thing lasted about 2 minutes, 40 seconds. By the time it was over, there were three police officers on scene. There were no arrests. Gunn holds the title of Mr. Benton Harbor. There is a crown on his desk and perhaps a hole in his heart as he recalled the theme of the speech he gave during the competition about advice he received from his family. They always tell me not to go across the bridge, never go to St. Joe, because they don't, they don't want you there. <laughs> I, serve, I serve in the community, and I, I love everybody. 
Despite the setback, Gunn says he'll continue to concentrate on great things his community has to offer on both sides of the bridge. Context of white supremacy. Uh, just for detail, we do not just play music for music. Slum, Vichy, uh, Slum Village, that is Michigan's own. Uh, and even since we do pay attention to words, that song tainted even the group Slum Village. Where did the black people live? The ghetto. Hear more about that tomorrow with Rick James. Anyway, our broadcast for today, uh, there was, I guess a couple weeks back, we heard about the Crazel Art Festival in Michigan, St. Joseph specifically. And you heard some of the news segment there, uh, young black male being terrorized at the event there were a couple important components of this that really stood out and made this important as to why I wanted to do this program uh, today. I think we heard both of them in the segment uh, about the population of St. Joseph. We'll get to that racially restricted regions. We've talked about that many, many times. Uh, And then uh, the victim in this case, when he was doing this interview, uh, and he said, man, you know, my my family, relatives, you know, they, they had always told me, don't go to St. Joe. They don't want you over there. Fascinated because we were just talking about that and sharing information with family, relatives about racism, white supremacy, what it is, how it works. We were just talking about that when this whole situation erupted and all of that You heard the other segments, Eric McGinnis, Timothy Allen, these other black males who were victims of racism who died. Thankfully, I guess today didn't have a fatal encounter uh, in old St. Joe, but I didn't know anything about this area. St. Joseph, Michigan. I've never been to Michigan. I started researching. There is a whole book about racism and St. Joseph called the other side of the river. Now, the program that we did preceding this one, just on Monday, David Houck, Black Bodies in the River. I said last week it was a stunning moment. I was preparing for that program, so I'm reading his book, Black Bodies in the River. I stop, take a break, prepare for this program. Say, wow, Eric McGinnis, who is that? I look and they're talking about Eric McGinnis, black male found in the river in St. Joseph. I'm not going to read the whole thing to set up the program, but just for our listeners, The Other Side of the River, Chapter 25, The River, that's the chapter of the title. It reads, the Benton Harbor community doesn't buy the official explanation of Eric McGinnis's death. Blacks, I was told again and again, don't go to water. Simple as that. 
at Clementine's, a St. Joseph restaurant, maybe our guest has been, that sits alongside the Pier 33 Marina. I listened to a conversation between Carolyn Graves, the school bus dispatcher, and Mamie Yarbrough, the school board member. We don't swim, Yarbrough asserted. We don't run to the water. That's in our history. When people wanted to get black people, they drown them. We just talked about this on Monday. They put you in a crocker sack and put bricks in the bottom, Graves added, or tie you to a gin, Emmett Till. There aren't a lot of black people who can swim. My parents told us to keep away from the water, that it was too much to drink. Yarbrough laughed at the memory. We even talked about that with Herbert Orsby. They say Eric's death was an accident, Graves offered. They, that's what they say, Yarbrough said. We know Eric McGinnis didn't go to the water on his own. We know that. That's what we believe. Graves agreed that somebody held him down and drowned him. They'll come forward. They won't be able to live with it. I heard this a lot in my conversations with adults from Benton Harbor. Black people don't go to water, especially they'd stress rivers. At first, it struck me as both a farcical as both farcical and sad. Here, blacks were repeating the same stereotypes uttered by those on the other side of the river. Who can forget Al Campanis, general manager of the L.A. Dodgers, who, returned, who remarked on national television that blacks lack the natural buoyancy to swim well? Why give credence to such nonsense? Why this myth that blacks viewed rivers as unfriendly, if not the enemy? And why suggest that Eric McGinnis, who was fit and could, according to his mother, swim, wouldn't attempt just about anything, including crossing the river to flee the St. Joseph cops. A little history might help. I'll stop there, but I thought that was great context, both for our conversation today, as well as, man, didn't we just talk about this on Monday and the title of the book, Black Bodies in the River, and he even has a passage in the book talking about this is a part of white culture. This part of the river is known. Uh-oh. A nigra has been uppity and got on our nerves. This is where we will take him to beat him and drown him. We just talked about that Monday. Anywho, our guest for today, I'm so glad we could have him on the program interrupted his eating and everything. We'll chat about what happened at the Crazel Art Fair and here. What did his parents tell him about going to St. Joe? So glad to have him on the program. Joining us live, Mr. Nicholas Gunn. Mr. Gunn, are you with us, sir? Hey, yeah, I'm here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for letting us interrupt a little bit of your uh, beautiful summer evening. Uh, you have your website, Nick Eats, quite the Epicurean, going out and trying all the great places to eat in Michigan. Uh, if you'd like to tell folks anything about who you are, the work you do, uh, and your, your website, Nick Eats. Yeah, yeah. So I'm. Uh, my name is Nick Gunn. Uh, I am a. I just graduated. I'm uh, as from senior at Barron Springs High School, and uh, I've led uh, a, a lot of different outreach things in the community. Uh, I, I'm. A, I lead a Bible study with about 120 students at Barron Springs High School. Uh, I've just graduated. Now I'll be attending Andrews University uh, this coming fall. I'm a firefighter for St. Joseph Township Station Two. I'm a writer for the Ben Spear newspaper. Uh, I'm on the radio every Tuesday for 105.3. 
I host my own show for uh, Ben Harvard Team Solutions. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm a contributor to Moody on the Market. It's a local um, local news outlet. And uh, with Nick Eats, it's uh, something I like to do to highlight local things in our community uh, throughout um, our county uh, and uh, Michigan area. You know, that's uh, southwest uh, Michigan and the northern part of Indiana. So I love the highlight the great things that are happening in in our, in our community incredible incredible just grad can you tell folks is it all right for us to ask how old are you sir yeah um i just turned 18 uh, a few months ago wow Absolutely incredible. Thank you for taking some time out of your schedule, uh, young man, to speak with us old fogies. And you've got your whole summer and and life right there in front of you. All the community service work that he does, just graduated, about to go to college, does the Bible study group and trying to support local businesses with uh, Nick Eats. You can see his YouTube channel uh, and go to his Web page. It's linked uh, right here. He was currently holding the title Mr. Bitten Harbor crowned at the Blossom mm-hmm. Time Community Pageant. I mean, what in the world? Outstanding yeah. young dude. Handsome young fella. I mean, what more could you ask? Like, wow, great guy. Um, before we get to what happened at the Art Fest, well, I guess to make sure for folks who haven't seen, in case they didn't see the video, what have you, you're a black male, is that correct? Yeah. Awesome, awesome, just for folks to know. Uh to start our program, we normally go with definitions. So I'll start with our definition just so we can have clarity. The term racism. Uh, if you had to explain, like we get to the Crazel Art Festival and they say this is an incident of racism. If you had to explain it to a child, a 10 year old, and they say, well, what is racism? You would, your definition, what you mean when you say racism, you would explain to them racism is. I would say racism is something that uh, you being discriminated against based off of um, your demographic, uh, your race, pretty much, uh, your skin color, um, people being, people judging you based off of your skin color. That's what I would say to a, a young child. Okay. Okay. People judging you off of your skin color. And you said discriminating against you on your based mm-hmm. on your skin color. Okay. Uh, can anybody uh, practice racism, meaning discriminate uh, against you on the basis of skin color? Can anybody do this or is this limited to a certain group of people? Yeah, I, I think any, anybody could could do that. Okay. Okay. Have, have you personally ever practiced racism? No, no. Okay. 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 You think it's, it's possible for black people to practice racism against other folks? Uh, I've, I've, I've I've listened a little bit into that, but I've, I've, what I've understood that, um, I think black people could be prejudiced, but I I don't know if racism, if if black people could be racist or other races. 
Okay. Much obliged for indulging. And again, we normally would do this at the beginning of our program with a few tweaks, but same thing, same principle, basically, just words are important. About to go to college, they'll do a lot of emphasis on that glossary and definitions and such. Um, okay, mm-hmm. so he said he's still learning. I'm still learning, too, so that's no problem there. Uh, he's still thinking, uh, he said he's heard some of that, thought about some of that. Black people can be prejudiced, not racist. Mm-hmm. Can yeah. people who are not white, is it possible for them <clears throat> to practice racism if they are not white? Yeah, I, I think so. I think. Well, in America, I, I would say um, that, I mean, it's more possible for um, lighter complected people to be racist. Uh, in America, uh, I, I can't remember what... Um, what I was uh, looking into, uh, I forgot the, it was a professor that I was um, hearing it from that talked a little bit about this, but I don't, I really don't, I don't know most of the terminology and everything towards it. Got you. No problem. Still learning. Still learning. Me too. Uh, Okay. Uh, do, Do you think it's possible for someone classified as white to be a victim of racism? for someone who is not white to practice racism against someone who is white. Yeah, I think someone could be, yeah, uh, a white person I think could be a victim of racism. Hmm. Okay. Okay. I know you just said the professor, I know you said his name, you couldn't remember or what have you and all that, but uh, are there, are there like any books or like maybe documentaries or videos or content that you studied or read to help you like try to understand what racism is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I couldn't, I, I think I'm trying to think of the professor's name, but I, I can't, it's not coming to me um, currently. Um, but what I, what I heard from his point of view that uh, African Americans in America can't be um, racist, but could be prejudiced. Uh, because like a, the power structure in America isn't um, uh, turned towards African Americans. Okay. Okay. We do, uh, do you remember? Was this a white professor or a non-white professor? No, non-white. Black. Black professor. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Maybe if his name, if it pops to you before you exit, maybe you can let us mm-hmm. know so we'll we can go yeah. check out this person. Um, mm-hmm. let's see. All right. So that's that. Who, who do you think is more informed about what racism is and how it works? Meaning the daily operations of, of why black people end up being in a tough time, that sort of thing. Do you think white people are more informed about what racism is and how it works? Or do you think non-white people are more informed about what racism is and how it works. I, I would think more Af- more non-white people would be informed about racism uh, through the what all has happened with slavery and Jim Crow. Uh, more, it would be more mindful to a, a person of color to notice what racism is to them and their their families and 
what they've been through with their experiences. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Much obliged. All right. So this is one huge component uh, and I'm doing it this way deliberately because this would be chronologically accurate. This is one of the huge reasons why I was so eager and happy to talk to you today. Uh, Mr. Gunn, again, you can visit his YouTube channel website, Nick eats lots of information. You're going to Michigan, want to support some local eateries, Nick eats. Um, so in the video, we heard a little bit of it in the introductory audio audio, before, mm-hmm. way before we even get to Crazel Art Fair, you said my family always. I even thought that was key because that would suggest there's more than one time they always warned me about going to St. Joe. They said they don't want you over there. This is one like, oh man, like brother. If you ever get to talk to someone and they are captivated, like they are sitting on, I don't know if the the young people that you work with at the Bible study, maybe if they are sitting on the edge of their seats, like, oh my God, what is he going to say next? What's in the next chat? Like if that's the way that they are listening with rapt attention, that's how I'm going to be as you give us the response. If as much memory as you can, as much detail which family members were telling you about St. Joe and with as much detail as possible, what did they tell you? And at what age did they begin telling you about St. Joe? Uh, let's see, I probably, I mean, for as long, for as pretty much as long as I can remember, uh, growing up, uh, I mean, crossing, crossing a bridge. I, I mean, I don't live too far from it, but, um, well, we'll, we'll be driving over there. Uh, over the bridge to St. Joe and uh, we'll see like just to pick, do a few errands uh, we'll see like say we see a black person walking over the bridge or riding a bike over the bridge or a black person in the area and then they'll they'll be like well he he's like not like how he's out right now he's not safe like not walking over a bridge he's like we hope no like police see him or like a somebody with ill intention see him uh then other times um we'll be listening to the news hearing something about a cop or someone and they'll be like yeah i don't want to go to st joe uh so many stories of past uh events that have happened with black people being in st joe um uh pretty much as long as I can remember, different family members, my parents, my uh, my dad, my mom, my family members, cousins, people who I know in the community, family, friends, uh, leadership, people in leadership, uh, all, always have told me that that's not somewhere you would want to be at. Um, especially alone you don't want to be there alone um and if if you if you do go there make sure that people know that what are you doing your family make sure you, you that your family knows that you're going to be there what you're going to be doing how long you plan to be there uh because they don't want something to happen to you and i and like i said um i said it in my mr ben harvest speech like and in our we we do a speech to the like it's hundreds of people in the audience all from Ben Harbor and the you want people to uh, know what to to feel with what you're saying and I mean it was bittersweet to talk about um, my lifetime as 
being a young person and hearing all these different stories about being the African-American that lives in Benson Harbor and who doesn't want to go to St. Joe. So I wanted to talk about how we could bridge the gap. So I talked about how I went to St. Joseph to meet with the city manager and leadership in St. Joseph to try and find out more about racism that is happening between the two cities. And I mean, before I even told my dad that, while I was telling my dad that I was going to go there to do this, he was like, yeah, that you better watch out. Like you don't want to get like step on the wrong, wrong people. And you don't want any, everybody to find out that you're doing this. And cause if, if you do, you might end up in the river. Um, and there, different things my whole life. I've been told not to go, not to go to St. Joseph, by pretty much every, everyone that I have a close tie with. So, Wow. I said I was on the edge of my seat. That was like a big one. I, as soon as I heard that in the audio. So, and to give context, mm-hmm. the day that we heard this, or when I say we, like the listeners on the program, we heard, we were listening to the audio. Mm-hmm. And the very day that we played that, a listener dialed in and he said, man, how do you share information with your family, people you care about? about racism i'm having a really tough time with that either they don't want to hear it or they don't want to listen to it they block it out and blah 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 the very day and i said wow that's interesting i gotta you know talk to him Uh, because so many times we hear the exact opposite we hear so many young people and they say or even older people doesn't matter uh where they say man nobody you know my parents didn't talk to me about racism nobody talked to me about racism or they didn't you know tell me that this was a problem or give me any warnings from what we heard that is not the case here uh he's i think he said from everybody that he cares about that cares about him they all told him "Ooh, you're going over that bridge let us know like whoa do not play around like this is no place you want to be messing around by yourself let us know you could end up in the river uh, after hearing this, you said as long as you can remember from everybody, uh, public yeah. leaders, not even family, you said that, you, hey, I've heard this the whole time. Like, wow, what is going on? Let me try to learn about racism. Let me go and see if I can bridge the gap using your terms. Go talk to some of the folks in St. Joe and see what's going mm-hmm. on. What's the problem? Let's see if we can make this better. Your father yeah. comes in and says, whoa. Don't let people find out you're doing that. You could get mm-hmm. in trouble. You could end up in the river. <laughs> like that is wow. Yeah. That, I mean, yeah. and, go ahead. Yeah, even recently, um, like I, I was, I was doing that project in the last year. Um, but recently, there's a it's a PhD uh, student who's working about right doing racism projects and. At the university I'll be attending, uh, she's a chaplain at Andrews University, and she's getting her PhD. And she she went to she went to me, uh, asking me like, "Hey, you you live in Ben Harbor, you're Mr. Ben Harbor. Uh, could we like could you connect me and take me around the city, the Twin Cities? Uh, they call us the Twin Cities, Benton Harbor, and St. Joseph." And I'm like, "Yeah, like I can introduce you to different people, different leaders in our area." And and every her her project is on racism in between two cities that are in very very close proximity and we're doing this project so i I was meeting with the police chief 
Steve Newbecker, and uh, I, I was built like this whole year I've, as a firefighter at St. Joseph Township. I, I've been able to meet with the chief, Steve Newbecker, and he's out in the community, and I've been able to meet with different leadership in, throughout St. Joseph. And, I mean, it was kind of crazy that this happened while me and this, this, this student, uh, her name's Danielle Pilgrim, uh, for us to be doing this project and on racism, trying to bridge the gap, find out what's wrong, that this this event happened at Krasl, So, Mm-mm-mm. Context of white supremacy, if I may, very respectfully. Again, I'm so thankful to have you to chat it up and share a bit of your time. Uh, words are very important. Again, hopefully you'll learn that at Andrews College. Words are critically important I would humbly submit it is not crazy that this happened at this moment while you are doing this project with Miss Pilgrim it is mm. I have to pause on that one Uh, even wow at this moment for this to happen with this project that is not an accident that is not crazy meant to happen maybe even added emphasis for you to really pay attention if this is a project where you are already studying about what is racism uh in fact have you read the book since you're doing this whole project and you're in the whole academic mode i love that uh still learning myself are you familiar with uh alex Kotlowitz, Kotlowitz, make sure I'm saying, I'll spell it out for you. K-O-T-L-O-W-I-T-Z. Are you familiar with him? Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm familiar with the, the book. Um, I'm, uh, I'm not, I've never read it, um, that page to page, uh, front to back, but I mean, everybody in this area pretty much knows about that book. Um, I went to a play, um, that the, that pretty much tried to depict the the different stories that are in that that book, and I mean it's, it's, it's the leaders that are in that book, the people that are in that book, the police officers. There, um, some of them are still around, still in the area. Uh, a lot of them are still around and still in the area. So I mean, you could really this is really prevalent to to today. So. I would say it might be worth a read, particularly after the incident, the Crazel Art Festival that you endured. Uh, they talk about summer reading might be a great time to read this book because uh, I didn't know about that. And I'm not you know, talking down to you or anything like that just because I'm some old fogey. I haven't read this book. I didn't even know about it until I heard about uh, your situation. I didn't know who Eric McGinnis was or anything until your situation. And I started researching uh, St. Joseph. One of the first things that I did, in fact, if I could dump two books on you, since you are a young scholar in the midst of this project, trying to learn about racism. Are you familiar with James Lowen? Does that name mean anything to you? No, I'm not familiar with that that name. Okay. He passed away last year. He's a white uh, man. He wrote the book Sundown Towns. Uh, He researched many areas in the north, like Michigan. Michigan is a big state in his book, one that he talks about. But he, do you know what a sundown town is? Are you familiar with that term? Uh, I I, I would assume that means the the sun's down for you. You won't. You wouldn't want to be there. 
for black people ex- yeah, uh, exclusively. Yeah. Yes, yes, intuitive. Yes, yeah. I don't think that's an accurate term because it doesn't really convey the terrorism uh, behind that. Because I mean, it could be death. Uh, it could be gangs of whites, including white children, coming out to they had they called them uh, nigger shooters, I believe. Uh, to pelt and assault mm-hmm. this is almost what happened at the crazy art fair get out of here you're not supposed to be here including death and this was all throughout all over the state of michigan uh but that's one of the main themes of his book that most of these towns were in places like michigan illinois mm-hmm. wisconsin in the north not in the south but he has a page even though he died last year but he researched this i think this is probably his most important work uh, he has a whole page on saint joseph his comments it says while St. Joseph was never all white it is an interesting town in contrast to nearby Benton Harbor and by the way when he talks about Mr. Gunn about how close these towns are Benton Harbor is a six minute drive from St. Joseph we're not talking about the other side of the state like they're twin cities so called for a reason Sit like you could yeah. walk can't you walk this you could walk this if you had oh. 30 minutes or so yeah, I mean, I could probably. I ride, I've ridden my bike over the the bridge, the bridge, and it it took me about five minutes. Oh, six minute drive, y'all. Five minutes on the bike, like we're talking right there, yeah. right there. Uh, so he continues. He says, uh, "They're together." I'm sorry. Yeah, that the, they're touching together. Ben Harvey and Sanjo, they're right, right together. They're touching on the map. Said. Oh my. God. Yeah. Same place, same place. Yeah, same place, Twin City. Mr. Lowen continues, he says, uh, connected with St. Joseph by a bridge, Benton Harbor was 94.4% black in 2000 compared to 94.6% white St. Joseph. Now, according to the 2020 census, St. Joseph is still over 85% white. Probably higher than that because they got Latino and some of that is white Latino. So it could still be around 90% white. He continues, according to the resident, the bridges separating the two cities have relevant meanings. I have lived in the St. Joseph, Michigan area for the past 12 years. Interestingly, a few years after moving here, a local resident claimed to me that until recently, St. Joseph had an unofficial curfew on blacks and would actually enforce it by raising the drawbridges over the St. Joseph River that connect Benton Harbor with St. Joseph, thus making it much less convenient for Benton Harbor residents to get into St. Joseph. This is email testimony from 2006. Have you heard this before? I, I, I've never heard that, but I know that a on the 4th of July, uh, the city of St. Joseph does a pretty good uh, fire show, uh, fireworks show, and I know a lot of African Americans, a lot of black people in Benton Harbor were trying to get there, but when they got there, to their surprise, the bridge was up. <laughs> And I had the mayor on my, the mayor of St. Joseph on my uh, radio show. Um, and I, I was like, I, I brought it to her attention and she was like, oh, like we don't, we don't control the bridge. And she told me that um, MDOT, uh, uh, it's a contra- contract, uh, 
who, who's over the bridge and she said that that the city doesn't have any control over the bridge and i was like well like a lot of lot of lot, a lot of family members a lot of friends were mad saying it's racism you check your facebook uh, it, i mean they they i mean everything i mean seeing something like that and hearing something like that from in the past that people had testimony from like it it really makes me think that it's racism <laughs> that they don't want people from Benton Harbor, black people from Benton Harbor to to be in St. Joseph. And I, 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 I all I've heard is, is that mm. my entire life. Got to go back and hear this interview with the man. That's why just for listeners, everybody, myself too, reading is more important than watching television. Like, Oh man, because now that isn't is not in Sundown Towns, but once you've read the book, then you know. Oh, he has a website where he follows up all of these places that you know he got information about after the book was published, including St. Joe, uh, to to be able to come back at the mayor like, hey, this is apparently a part of a long tradition of keeping these bridges up to make it difficult for black people to access the town and just re- and James Lowen is a white man so it's a lot more difficult oh get out of here that's some you know bah. a respected white man no less they everybody oh my gosh James Lowen died and oh he wrote all these books and so I mean hey and then I suspect there are some white people who are alive who will remember oh yeah we did keep the bridges up to keep the niggers out and you know all the like yeah we did uh, yeah Hmm. context of whites and that is so tacky we don't control the like really really from the man we don't control the who would have the authority to raise the which could be like a safety hazard like my goodness people are thinking they need to get to the hospital or whatever and whoa the bridge yeah, people were telling me that, like, what if there was, like, an emergency and you got to hurry up and rush out and the, the bridge is up all night. And <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's sad to, to think of. Common sense? I would think, like, my goodness, if the bridge is always down and now it, he said it's up all night, like, what in the world? Like, what is going And no notice? You're yeah. telling me you're the mayor of St. Joseph? the mayor is raised unexpectedly no notice for 12 hours on July 4th no less and you didn't know anything about this you don't know how that like come on come on come on like what kind you should recall recall right now let's go (laughs) new mayor like this is absurd and it is a safety hat you got people who got medical emergencies and children and all the rest of it and I got things to do and what what and then you do this to both of the like come on come on and this is another we talk about power differential I want you all to think anywhere in the world would black people have the ability close a canal a bridge an airspace and totally restrict white people's access to a region Hmm. 
if you all can think of a re how about this since we got Elon Musk right we're doing space travel if you can think of any location like that in the known universe let me know black people got a, a satellite somewhere maybe and bang white people can't access it can't use it they got a space station maybe don't you think of stopping here to refuel on your way to Pluto this is just us RBG red black and green right right anywho uh, so with the I guess to get so your family says or everybody all the black people have been saying this for all of these years you've heard these different incidents even the July 4th thing like recently like dang we can't even cross to go to the, the fireworks show all of this and you say hey I'm a I'm gonna be an ambassador I'm doing this is Danielle Pilgrim incidentally is she a white person or a non-white person she's black she's, she's black yeah. okay right on for her doing great work down at Andrews uh, so you meet her we're gonna work do this project uh, on racism mm-hmm. in the two uh, cities maybe we can chat it up after the project's done we'd love to check it out I'm sure listeners would too um, if you you get through all of this so is it you you believed your family but you wanted to be courageous and try to help solve this problem or was it something else yeah I mean I, I, I like as a firefighter like cadet I'm it's, it's St. Joseph Township, and I, I'm not, I don't, I don't want to be afraid to go three minutes uh, to my to my uh, countering city. It, it, it's like I'm thinking like this is this is all a part of my, my community. This is all where I live. I want to I want to I'm not going to be restricted. I don't want to be restricted because of the the color of my skin. And I mean, I have I have friends that are in St. Joseph. I, the county, Barron County Commissioner for uh, St. Joseph City, I, I'm, I'm really close with, and he, he's black. He, he's the county commissioner for uh, 80, 80% white community, and uh, I, I talk to him all the time, and, I mean, I don't want to be restricted and not going to a, a, a place that I think I should be welcomed. And, uh, I just wanted to try and figure out, like, hey, is this is this racism thing actually happening in my community and i wanted to know what what can i do to make it not not happen as much as possible and what can i do to make more black people want to go there and try to put it into don't go there at night don't go there at all don't go there alone i wanted to put it into it so that that's what really why i wanted to to start start going over there i mean with my uh, with the YouTube channel Nick Eats, it's about a diverse group of people, that a diverse group of my friends going around the different local restaurants. And I mean, I shouldn't be scared to tell to text my group chat, "Hey, we're all going to meet at St. Joe tonight, and we're going to go eat, and we're going to have a good time." And I I shouldn't be afraid of something happening. Um, so that that's really why I wanted to to go there even though that uh, i've heard all the bad stories i've heard all the the different things that have happened with black people being there but i still still wanted to still wanted to go um because again i I think all of this is a part of our community and i I think that it, it we should be able to not be restricted 
context of white supremacy again our guest Nicholas Gunn a firefighter cadet man come on brilliant young man um, two questions you said you have friends in St. Joe these are people classified as white some of your young friends Yep, they're white. Yep. Okay. And you said that you, as I stated, you wanted to be courageous. This is happening. I'm a firefighter cadet. That's all about bravery. I'm not a coward. I'm not supposed to be afraid of going something that, again, for folks, five minutes, I don't want to be, feel like, oh, no, I can't go over there. Uh, I want to go over and help to solve this problem. Let me go and talk to some of the folks in leadership and the mayor, enforcement officers. Let me speak to them. What can be done to help solve this problem? Did you get information? Like, did they give you these are some specific things that could be done to help eliminate racism so that black people are not mistreated when they come to St. Joseph? Did you learn some specific things? I, I did. I didn't. Uh, it's it's in video. It's, it, I mean, you, if you go to my YouTube channel, it's uh, Nick Eats meets the uh, St. Joseph City. Um, city manager john hopkins and uh it's it's a part we mentioned um about what the city's doing to um to combat racism uh it's like a few boards and committees that they've tried putting together uh, that i've I've heard nothing about um but I, i i mean i don't i think that that may be them trying um but i think that it's a lot more, I mean, it's a lot more that the the organizations that are there to so-called bring togetherness, um, they're not doing a good enough job. Uh, I mean, when I went to the crowds of art fair, it was, I could count on my hands how many black people were there. It was, it was about three (laughs) and I was one of them. And, uh, I mean, the, the events, uh, they don't. They don't advertise to. I mean, I write for the only African American newspaper in Southwest Michigan, and uh, most of those uh, events they don't advertise to our black newspaper. Um, they don't. They don't want, and they they don't do that because they don't want to see us over there. They don't want to see black people there. Uh, I mean, it's a lot of different things that you can that they don't. They don't want us over there. So, I mean, I, I have the, the, the things that they've told me uh, that they do to combat racism isn't, I don't think is enough, uh, but it, I guess it may be, maybe them trying uh, at the same time. So, yeah. I found a lot of times uh, individuals classified as white, they will invest a lot more time pretending, faking uh, some sort of commitment to ending racism, replacing it with justice. Uh, they will do a lot more of the faking as opposed to let's do some sincere, let's get down and do this work. Let's make sure that we do not have three black people at the Crazel Art Festival and then one of them to be terrorized out of the three. Like, come on, <laughs> we're going to have a win, particularly if there are that many black. It's not like it's no black people. Like, you got to go get a jet or something to try and truck them in from thousands. I mean, you got black people who could walk to the Krasl art festival. I'm sure, or at least bike five minutes, get a little exercise. Woo. All right. Let's get to the Krasl art fair. In fact, 
let's get to the Krasil Art Fair. We heard a little bit of the the audio at the beginning. So we again we had a fire cadet, man. He's about to be young college student to be. Just graduated high school, leading the Bible study group like the come on, Mr. Benton Harbor. He goes and a journalist, I forgot about that. Black journalist. He goes to the Krasil Art Fair. I got my camera. That's what journalists do. And that's what a lot of folks, period, do when they go to, you know, festivals and such. Might take a click picture. So you go are doing your thing. Click, 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 click. You get to these white men who have copyrighted artwork, which I think is important. Copyrighted artwork. And what happens? Yeah. Yeah. Like I get there. Um, I mean, the show was pretty much over. I, I, I got there pretty pretty late in the day i was busy earlier and i mean i'm taking taking photos and every i mean i'm I'm interviewing artists i'm having a good time I'm, everybody else seems to be happy i'm happy i'm smiling i'm uh the whole like the there was a block party a few nights before that i was i mean i was making friends i was connecting with people um uh, I had a few of my friends with me we were all having a good time uh, i get there uh that sunday and I, I get to a group of guys. Um, well, this one particular artist, I get up to his booth, and I'm, I'm taking, I'm, I'm zooming in, I'm, I'm getting ready to take a picture, and uh, of him, and uh, he was like talking to someone, uh, like a patron, uh, and he was on a step stool, and I'm, I'm like getting ready to take a photo, and he looks down at me, and he's like, "Hey, what, like, what are you doing? Like, stop!" And I'm like, oh, "I'm, I'm here, I'm." with the newspaper just taking taking a few pictures interviewing a few artists and uh just having a good time like uh then he's like he gets all up in my face he's like he's like well nope you're not allowed to do that um uh then i was like well krausel said i can i can be down here it's, I, it's cool with them and um, i'm i'm not like i'm i'm just a, i write for a paper i'm not trying to do anything to your like your work and then he's like, well, you go get someone from Krasnodar and you come back and then we'll talk from there. And I'm like, OK. So I start to walk down. I mean, I, I take like an hour walking down the, the bluff, down the sidewalk, pretty much talking. I mean, it's not something huge in my mind. I'm just like, OK, I'm talk. I'll talk to some more artists. I'll take their pictures. I'll interview them. I'll get this story ready somehow and uh, I keep going down. Then I. About an hour later, I meet a, one of the volunteers with Krasu, and I'm like, hey, uh, it's a guy down there saying, I, uh, one of the artists is saying I can't um, take, a, take a photo of his artwork, and I have, um, like, I'm a, I have credentials and everything, and uh, I, I don't see what's wrong with me taking, taking these photos. And then he's like, oh, well, yeah, you're good. Just tell him, tell him you're fine. Uh, we know who you are. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll, I'll make my way down there. Could you come with me? Um, and we can talk to him. He's like, no, nah, uh, you, you got it. We we all know who you are. Just let them know uh, who you are and they'll be fine. And then I, I'm like, run, again, I'm not rushing to get back there. It, it really wasn't a big thing to me. Um, but I'm I'm talking to other people. I actually, I end up meeting, uh, there was a lady at one of the booths and she she recognized who I was and she, she was like, hey, like Nick, Mr. Ben Harbor, how, how's it going? And she's like, how are you doing? And I'm helping her out. Um, she's like, she was an older woman. So I'm helping her with her cell phone. 
Uh, I continue walking uh, down uh, down the bluff to, trying to get back to his booth. Uh, and then, I'm, I'm, again, I'm talking to other people. Um, and then I get to his booth, and I, before I was going to even say anything to him, uh, someone stopped me uh, in front of his booth and began to tell me about um, their – they do uh, – he was telling me about how he preaches at um, – a prison, one of the, I think it was the Cass County uh, and Barron County uh, prisons and the jails, and he's telling me about um, his sermons and uh, his, he has a podcast that he uh, preaches on and everything, and he goes into the prisons, and I'm like, oh, this is cool. Like, I, I do I, I do something like this at my school, and I'm, I'm showing him pictures. He's showing me pictures. We're connecting with one another. I'm having a good time uh, learning more about which I love to do. I love hearing people's stories. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm loving it right now. And then I see, uh, the artist named, uh, Mr. Goog, uh, Chris Goog. Uh, he comes out and I'm like, Oh, uh, Mr. Goog. Uh, uh I talked to someone at Krasl, one of the volunteers, uh, they said, um, it's okay for me to take photos. It's no problem. Then, um, like, and we're under his booth at this time. Then he's like, no, like he's, he's still like, he's more amped up than what he was the first time. And then he's like, no, if you take a picture, it's going to get ugly. And I'm like, well, like, like what, what are you like, what's going to happen? <laughs> Pretty much. That's what I'm, I'm asking. He's getting in my face. He, I'm like, okay, like this guy's all up in my face. We're chest to chest. I'm going to put my camera up and I'm, I'm going to back away. I put my camera up. I backed away. I put my camera up. He slapped my, my camera down. He started, he called me the N word. Um, then he's he's yelling, saying I'm stealing his artwork. I, again, I haven't taken a picture yet. I'm, I, just, I just have my camera up, like I'm like I'm about to take one. Because I'm, I'm like, what like what is he gonna do to me if, if I take a picture at this point? That's what I'm that's what I'm thinking. And again, some more artists come circle around me. They're they're cussing at me. One of the the bigger gentlemen in the video, he's like wearing red. He, he comes from his art booth. He gets behind me. He calls me the N-word. They're pushing up against me. They're circled around me. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm under their his booth right now. So I'm about to back away and get to the sidewalk. So I'm at the sidewalk, and I'm, I'm like, trying to, I'm, like, circling around, trying to see, like, hey, if, if I look like I'm about to leave, are they going to follow me? And they're, like, trying to keep me contained. So I decide to, okay, I'm going to stop. I'm telling him. So I told him, like, hey, which I, I had uh, actually seen the police chief um, standing, not standing. He was in the, uh, one of the patrol cars earlier. And I was like, hey, I saw the police chief earlier. You can call him and uh, you can walk down there and try and see if he's down there and bring him down here uh, for this, this situation that you have. And he's like, no, no, you're going you're gonna to walk down there with me. I don't want you to steal my work. And I'm like, oh okay i'm uh well i'm not gonna walk down there with you you can bring him down here but uh so he's like okay well i'm gonna call the police on you and i'm like okay like i, I don't i don't have a problem with with that um so the police end up getting there they're like he we know him <laughs> like uh at, even before the police even got there the lady who i helped earlier she was in the area she was standing there she was like we know him we know him that's mr ben harbour he writes for the newspaper like stop messing with him like they they were not listening to him at all uh they weren't listening to her at all she's 
and she's like yelling like on the top of her lungs, pretty much saying like, "Don't mess with them." Uh, and she's she's white, and she she lives in in um, our community. I see her every once in a while. She's a nice nice woman, uh, and she's trying to tell them to stop. Like, don't like we know him. You guys aren't from around our area, but still like stop. Um, then, but the police end up showing up, and uh, they're the police are pretty much saying like uh like we we know nick uh he is a journalist uh that's what the police chief said in the video uh, he is a journalist uh cause I, I have done interviews with him prior to the event before uh and talking about racism talking about different things that he's doing in the community as a police chief i've seen him at fire trainings before for firefighting and uh he was pretty much saying like like he's he's not gonna try and steal anything from you guys. Uh and I'm I'm pretty much sick. I'm like I'm I'm not even like a art I'm not even into like this art kind of art. So but they're still you're still yelling at me, they're still pushing me in front of the police. Um when the police showed up, but they're pretty much just pulling me to the side saying, Hey, like you're you're allowed to be here. Um and I'm like, yep, like, I, I know I can take photos, we're in public. So the police are pretty much saying, like, um, pretty, they weren't, like, t- they weren't telling me to leave, but I felt like that's what they, they wanted to tell me, like, uh, to pretty much be, like, a help to help the situation. So in my head, I'm like, well, I want to stay here. I want I, I have, I haven't done anything wrong. I want to stay here. Um, but I actually ended up, uh, ended up trying to leave. So I, I try and leave, uh, I, they're still yelling and cussing. Like I, I hear it. I end up getting stopped by the, the man who was talking about Bible study with me. Uh, he was, he began to talk about, uh, like what would Jesus have done, um, in that situation? Like Jesus would have, would have left, uh, before he got to that and, um, different things, um, pretty much just giving me what he what, what pretty much what he would have done uh as a man of god and i'm i'm, I'm thinking well we're, we're different but again i'm not gonna tell him he's wrong or anything i'm just again i'm just gonna listen to him to his, his side and i which i had no problem with doing i i, I didn't want to be i'm not rude like if somebody's trying to have a conversation with me i'm not gonna try and box him out and be rude to him so i'm 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 inviting him in and his input and we end up talking more about um, the Bible and uh, the Lord and the different things um, that he he does in the community. And he's like, "Well, hey, let's let's get a let's, can we get a picture?" And then uh, one of the ladies started one of the artists who were circling around me. She started recording me again from the side of the other side of the street. And I'm like, "All right, um, well, this lady is recording me, so I, I actually end up walking over there. I get I get." I start posting. I'm like, yeah, like, yeah, like, hey, you want to take pictures of me? I don't have a problem with it. Uh, we're in public. I don't have a problem with you taking pictures of me or anything. Um, and she's, she's like, she's really mad that I'm like not being hurt by, by this. And she's like, what? She's like yelling at the police, like trying to call him over there, like, look at him, like he's, look at what he's doing. He's doing all this and and everything. And um, I ended up taking a picture with uh, uh, with the gentleman who was talking about the Bible studies and everything, and uh, I end up just pretty much they start yelling and cussing at me again, and 
trying to get in my face. The police are telling them, like, stop, uh, you guys, he's not doing anything. In the video, you can see the police chief uh, actually walking with me a little bit, a few steps away from them, uh, from the artist, saying, like, you know, like, we know they're just being racist and, uh, like it, they're 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 wrong. They're in the wrong. They're just being racist. You you're black and they're they're yelling and cussing at you. They're racist. And I'm like, yeah, it's it's all right. I'm just I'm still I'm just gonna head out. And I'm gonna leave. Um, there's no point in me just staying here. Um, so I end up leaving. So and I got tried to get most of it. Um, well, I didn't think I should have. Like it didn't cross my mind to start recording earlier but I, I start i picked up the few snippets that i got from that so yeah mm, mm, mm. captivated once again mr benton harbor nicholas gunn that is crafty young man at 18 he hadn't even been 18 that young at that long i would have never concocted a scheme like that I'm going to go to the art festival I'm going to give them the old fake I'm going to pose as a journalist but I'm really an incognito art thief hmm that is amazing <laughs> like wow I've never even talked to an art thief Nick Gunn put that on my resume <laughs> like I'm a fire cadet I host the Bible study. I'm a journalist. I am Mr. Benton Harbor and an incognito art thief. <laughs> wow. Who even knows a black art thief? <laughs> Come on. Come on. Come on. Before we nap, some folks dialed in with a quick question. Don't hog all your time, but it's one just because of something this might seem for listeners seem like a goofy question what does this have to do with anything you'll have to follow for a moment do you does the name timothy mcveigh is that significant to you at all yeah i've heard i've heard i've heard that timothy mcveigh McVeigh before oklahoma uh Uh city bombing before your time like i said us fogies okay yeah Yeah. 1995 ancient history okay yeah. Uh, do you know uh, how he connects to your state, Michigan? Uh, uh, no, no, I, I don't. No penalty there. Still learning myself. Man, this is one where I talk mm-hmm. about local history. Man, oh man, I wanted to go to the University of Michigan. Like, oh man, it was going to be me. Charles Woodson, like I was going to be there with all the alums, like, woo, hail to the victors. I am so glad I did not. Number one, it is so cold up there. I do not do cold weather well at all. Like, at all. I think 60 degrees is cold, so I would die if I was in Michigan, like, at all. Two, oh my God. <laughs> like, I didn't know that if you had asked me that question, like, hey, uh, you love Michigan so much, and Charles uh, Woodson, and yum, yum, yum. Uh, do you know Timothy McVeigh's connection to Michigan? I'm like, no. Even if you'd asked me a few years ago, I'd have said the same thing. No. Ooh. Do you remember all that uh, to do in your state? The folks, the white people, they were going to uh, lynch, kidnap and lynch Governor Gretchen Whitner, Whitmer because they were upset about the COVID regulations. You remember all of that? Oh, oh yeah. Yep. 
Oh yeah, we talked about that. There is a long history of armed white racists in your state. Very long. Like all of that with we're gonna let long all Timothy McVeigh long tradition. Like if I was a Michigan native, I was born there, like, oh yeah, like we will have to learn all about that because wow. And that that in connection with the sundown towns that are all throughout the state of Michigan, like, oh my. Now, coming back to this incident, did you think at any time any of these white people could have been armed? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I thought that uh, when they're, I mean, when they're getting it, when they're trying to like get more physical, when they were like, I, I never seen somebody who wanted to. I've never been in like an altercation where someone was wanting me to like try and fight them, like like. I didn't know what to do. I'm like, like what, like what do they, do they have something like, that, like to want to try and push up on me like this and want me a reaction out of me. Um, so I'm like, I'm, I'm trying, I'm backing up, I'm being cautious. Like, hey, like what, what's going on? So yeah, I mean, kinda yeah. I was, I was thinking like they probably had a weapon of some, some sort. Brilliant young man nicholas gunn uh guess you got to be brilliant if you're going to be an art thief i mean hey uh michigan state is an open carry state so yeah that even going back to that timothy mcveigh questions he uh that would be some that's something i've been encouraging people to think about you know in general washington state where i am also open carry so and i'm so glad that you shared that detail when you're out in public and you have strangers who are looking to escalate a situation, I think you said, I'm trying to leave. I didn't, you know, mm -hmm. who are you talking to? You don't call me a nigger. What? I, woo, woo, let's throw it out. You didn't say that. I'm trying to leave. They're trying to circle and block me from exiting. Did I hear that correctly? Yeah. Yeah. That sort of thing, I got to get up in your face and chest bump you. Even to have a white woman, I thought that was so important as well. A white woman. I'm trying to leave. I'm talking to somebody else not even connected with you. You were upset. You thought, I'm an art thief. Mm. All right, so I'm not taking pictures. I'm gone. I didn't even get a picture of your work. I'm out of here. Yeah. You won't even just let me live. <laughs> pictures oh i got you on camera look at you and then look officer look look he's posing look at him look at him he's posing for my camera look at him arrest him right now who does that i've been saying that this week who even thinks like that and with the escalation if i was really upset about the pictures that's done i put my camera away what's going on and then I've been saying for 13 years, Voltron effect. Did these people know? I, I mean, I'm asking you to guess. If you don't know, that's totally cool. But I mean, I thought you said some folks, other vendors, other people, they ended up popping in and joining, calling you yeah. nigger and all this. Did they know each other or? I don't. I don't think so. I mean, like they walked from the other um, like booth and they're like from across the the sidewalk. Uh, and they walked over, like got up in my face, so they seen the other artists make trying to 
bring a rise to the what was happening uh, uh, me taking photos <laughs> and i mean they they followed they followed his his call and they're all just yelling at me and cussing at me calling me the n-word joining in on them uh even the the hus her the wife of the guy who the bigger guy who called me the n-word She's like saying, "You think you're entitled? This is why we need Trump back." And I'm like, when she when she said that, I was I was like, "What? Like, what? What does what does Trump have to do with anything that is, is is happening right now in this moment for you to to say I'm I'm entitled and we need Trump back because you think you're entitled?" And I'm like, I mean, I mean, what if I was a Trump supporter or something like you don't you don't know that he doesn't have anything to do with this situation, but she's yelling yelling that saying i'm entitled and yeah it, it was wild mm, 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 mm. this has got to be in the report i mean wow did you talk with miss pilgrim about all this yeah yeah i did <laughs> it's got to be in the report man i mean yeah. <laughs> oh my god how could it not not crazy that's what i said before words are so critical it's not crazy that it happened at this moment, all of that, all, how did we, we are in Michigan, it's 2022, the presidential election is two years away. It's the middle of the summertime. What does this have to do, entitled, art-thieving nigra? What? That's why we need to get Trump back. What? 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 <laughs> what? I don't even know where to begin. What? What? Like, I'm just trying to leave. How about that? Can I just leave? And then I try to leave the religion of white supremacy. What would Jesus have done? Jesus would have left before all this trouble started. Like, what? time out even right there like wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute now again i'm trying to leave nobody is hey man mr benton harbor let me get you to safety let me get a little sanctuary like you are a cool dude you are not an art thief unless you got us fooled let me get you to safety here's a bottle of water like that was crazy wasn't it but you're good no 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 what would jesus have done I think Jesus would have left before you did, starting all that trouble. Like, what, 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 what? Before I even get into the, like, for real? My understanding of Jesus was that this guy was like a troublemaker, like the biggest troublemaker in the whole book. Like, maybe I, you do Bible study. Is that, maybe, I'm not, am, I, am I lying about the work of Jesus? <laughs> no. Maybe I missed a few. I need to go. I need to go to Mr. Gunn's Bible study group and make sure. But I thought that was what I read. This guy. That's why they they wouldn't have hung him. Maybe if he had just. But all right. You know what, Pilot? I'm gonna get on out of here. I'm gonna. Looks like it's gonna be trouble. I will catch you all later. Let us get it. I don't. That that's not. I don't think that's how all of this went down. But you know. He is the Bible study, uh, Mr. Gunn, not Gus. We did have a few folks who died. Matter of fact, before I get our call of the dialed in, now that you've had some time to reflect on this, old art thief, what would, if anything, if anything at all, 
would you do differently if you had to do the whole art festival all over again would you do exactly the same or would you make any adjustments to what you did that day uh, I pro- probably I wouldn't have wouldn't have went there wow to be honest yeah uh, um, I mean again a lot of I, I was one of the only three black people there so uh, I, it's a it shows that they don't they don't want us there uh, and I, I probably wouldn't have wouldn't have showed up so if I knew that would have happened. So, yeah. Wow. I was not expecting that, that response. I was expecting maybe an adjustment here or there, or, you know, maybe I would have called the police sooner or whatever, but wow. Okay. Well, I, logical. I understand. I understand. Uh, I try to avoid places where black people are not wanted, and especially racially restricted regions just because there's so many reports not just in St. Joseph but all over the US there's so many reports of young intelligent promising people like yourself going to these racially restricted regions and then something sometimes they end up dying like Eric McGinnis under suspicious circumstances and then you have a sloppy investigation like Eric McGinnis that is, oh, we don't know what happens, accident, and this sort of thing where it's like, man, like at least, or it sounds like at least with this case, your family, they get A pluses. They, everybody <laughs> said they did yeah. as much as they could. Don't go to St. Joe. It's dangerous over there. Your dad, he couldn't have been, pl- you could end up in the river. Yeah. A plus entire. Do you agree? Your family gets an A plus for trying oh, yeah. to warn you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A plus to the gun family. Like we still got to do better, but man, that and we just talked about it the day that we heard the report of how you were mistreated out there. We had black people who said the same thing. They tried to tell their family members. They tried to warn them. It went totally ignored. Thankfully, nothing fatal happened, but. Man, that is, uh, we got to do better. A pluses to the gun family. Uh, victim of New Jersey, did you have a question for Mr. Nicholas Gunn, Mr. Benton Harbor, art thief on the sly? Victim in New Jersey. Hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? That nice, uh, good interview. Um, I think I'm like 20, <laughs> I may be 20 years plus your senior. You know, so I mean, just uh, I just kind of I, I applaud your courage. Um, so my question would be: uh, Are you familiar with Renisha McBride? I'm not. I'm not. Okay. She's from. Uh, it happened in Michigan. She was uh, uh, was in a car accident in uh, Dearborn Heights, Michigan. And she went to knock on the door for help. White man mm-hmm. opened the door without warning, shot her in the face. Oh, wow. And that story is, is just a very good issue. What happened in your home state? Yeah. Okay. Um, also, so if, if roles was reversed, do you think the police would have been more understanding if you were the aggressor? 
No, I don't. Uh, if I, I know if I was a if I was a little if I was if I was an eighteen year old white girl, I would have probably and I was the aggressor in this situation. I would probably been shot, right, right on the spot. Um, okay. I, I I know that for sure. Right. Um, okay, so. So you, you definitely know that. So I mean, so what do you think? Do you think that's that's like that that's would you categorize that as like uh power? The fact that um those white people um had actually had the power to just harm you and you know, if nobody was able to, you know, be there to be a witness to give your version of the story, like did you believe that they could have got away with actually harming that thing? I, I actually, I, yeah, I think they could have. I mean, again, the police weren't trying to, like, step in the way of them from pushing me. They were just saying, like, hey, stop. They weren't, like, hey, like, they they didn't grab the, the aggressors and say, stop now or we're going to arrest you. It was uh, pretty much the guy still following me around. He's still, they're cussing at me still. They're, they're putting their hands on me in front of the police. They're. Uh, they're not listening to the officer. Um, so, yeah, I think if, if they were, if the, uh, I think I, I'm, I'm blessed to have decided to walk away and leave. Uh, but I think if I was, if the police had, have not, probably not known me as, if the chief didn't, if we didn't, haven't never met before or something, I, if I, I was wearing something, I, I, pants were probably sagging or if I, if I didn't have a collar shirt on and if I, I I think that I mean it could have roles could have been changed if if I didn't have on if I had on tennis shoes and if I started cussing back I mean it, it's so much that could have went into the situation so yeah I don't think I was Right. So in that situation, would you would you define that as it relates to um, the white people? Were, were they were, were they showing prejudice, or was they was they were they showing power in that particular moment? Were, were they showing prejudice, or what? What, what do you think they were showing prejudice, or was they showing power at that moment? Oh, uh, pre- prejudice for sure. Um, I think what they're doing was prejudiced. Um, it was it was wrong what they're doing. Uh, but for the the police as law enforcement uh, who had power at that moment, I, I think they showed them with the power. The police, the law enforcement officers, uh, made made it seem like they were powerful, and I mean, pretty much uh, made me leave. Um, if the police were to be like pay you guys to the other people that they needed to leave instead. But um, I guess in that situation, the the law enforcement decided more towards the, um, the the other, the artists. Okay. One one more, one more question. Um, That one black official uh, that's in town, um, have you, and him 
talks about uh, racism, white supremacy, and or in, in a follow-up to that question, do you think that he's allowed to exist because he he may not talk about racism, white supremacy? Those are the two questions. Uh, yeah, I, I have talked about uh, racism with him before. Uh, uh, Commissioner Rayante Bell, um, he he's really uh, he was born in Benton Harbor. Um, he he's lived in ben- the city of Benton Harbor. Uh, he he knows about the stereotypes uh, and the the different things that we hear about black people coming over to St. Joseph, uh, and he he's well aware. Uh, we've talked about it multiple times uh recently uh he he began to tell me a story about how he was him uh, a colleague who was running for state representative at the time Shokwe Pitchford and a uh, another state representative uh they're canvassing in a predominantly white neighborhood and they in in St. Joseph uh they're canvassing knocking on doors uh, the police had ended up getting a call saying three black men or are um, are um, breaking in homes, and he was stopped by the police. Three black men wearing suits was stopped um, by the police and was brought to the attention that people were calling in saying that they are breaking in homes. Uh, a few weeks, uh, actually, a day before the Crasle event. I was with Commissioner Bell, and I was stopped um, in, in a white, uh, a predominantly white neighborhood, and I was stopped um, by a police officer saying uh, that I, what, I, what I was doing, um, I wasn't allowed to, which was what I, what I was doing was legal. I was I was doing nothing wrong, uh, and when I was I was able to meet back up with Commissioner Bell. And he was like, yeah, that, that cop that stopped you was wrong. Um, and pretty much saying like, hey, the same time last year, me and three of your black leaders in this area was stopped and mistreated. And th- that's wrong. We need to do something about that. So and he he has um, a group that is working on race relations in this area. Um, and I think it really starts with a conversation we need to push conversations on a wide scale in our community. Um, and I, I'm, I've been thinking, I've been telling people that I want to do a, a large event in St. Joseph to talk about racism, an open discussion about racism, open to everyone in our community in St. Joseph and Benton Harbor, invite everyone and talk about the, the, things that are happening in our community and bring people together, which is what I think we need. Context of white supremacy. I want to see if we can get to some of our other callers, much obliged our caller in New Jersey, just the importance of words, kind of the same way that I said about, uh, it's not crazy that this incident happened at this moment. Whew, definitely not a coincidence, not crazy. Uh, what we're talking about, this is not race relations. If we're talking about and in every aspect of it, if the police, they see Mr. Benton Harbor with journalist credentials being physically assaulted, verbally terrorized, and they ask you to leave. 
That is not race relations. That is white supremacy, racism. That is a power dynamic. I think that's so important because that word race relations is all throughout sundown towns. Like it has so much great information, but I mean, really, if we're talking about the power white people to mysteriously raise the drawbridge to keep black people out, that is not race relations. That is white power to dominate and mistreat non-white people. Uh, and get to the callers. Let's see. Uh, I got confused about the order. So Bay Area mom, Bay Area mom has a child about your age. Did you have a question for our young scholar, Mr. Nicholas Gunn, Bay Area mom? Hi. Um, uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, greetings to you and Mr. Dunn. Um, you're so, you're so handsome, and I'm saying this in a mom, um, way, <laughs> and, um, heavily melanated. So I'm wondering, when I read about, uh, the incident you, you, you had with, uh, at the fair, or the, yeah, that little show, um, mm-hmm. everyone there saw you, everyone. He's an mm-hmm. underwear, uh, I guess he did underwear art. So, I'm wondering, just after knowing so much about him, do you think he just didn't want you taking pictures and he just made up all the other stuff? Because I'm listening to, I mean, I'm reading, um, I'm listening to what you said and I'm reading what he said, which is a total, mm-hmm. of course, the total opposite of what you stated. Do you mm-hmm. think he just didn't want your camera taking his pictures and then whatever they think about young black males and how you yep. look and he's so deep he does underwear my uh uh um um underwater uh, art so that's mm-hmm. my okay so that's my question and thank you for taking my call thank you yeah um yeah i mean uh the other journalists um who were after the incident who came to me to, for interviews they're like Nick, we were, like, there, like, a few hours b- before you showed up. We got footage of his actual art. Standing right where you were just standing in this video, we got footage of it. And they're, like, I mean, I've been, I've been out in the community since then. Uh, people coming up to me saying, hey, we bought some of his artwork. We burnt it. Like, we, we don't want any of that art in our home. We, we don't want any of it. Other Again, the journalists who were telling me, I saw uh, one of the journalists uh, who works for a different uh, company. Uh, he told me, like Nick, like I saw you there. Like we we stopped and talked for for a minute. Uh, he was telling me that his company was there earlier that day, and to see him the next day in an interview <laughs> saying, like like Nick, like we we were there. We all got coverage. You, but again, I'm one of the only black i mean this is the only african-american news ran newspaper in our area uh so again um yeah i think it was because i was black um uh it, it was white news companies there uh, that weren't attacked uh that weren't cussed at that weren't pushed against um and they got their footage and they were able to leave uh leave safely uh, without any police being called on them. 
and they got they got what they needed. Um, they got the footage and everything. One of uh, the companies uh, actually showed the, um, the snippet that they had um, in the story that when they were reporting on me, they showed a snippet of uh, footage that they had in front of his um, his booth. So, yeah, I think it was definitely racially motivated. Context of white supremacy. Uh, much obliged, Bay Area mom. Uh, before we get to Irie in Louisiana, uh, if I give I give out one more suggestion. So I, I've suggested the two books, uh, what have you, which he said he was already uh, familiar uh, with the other side of the river. I think you should contact uh, the author, Alex Kolowitz, might be mispronouncing his name, to have him as a part of your project. Like, I'm sure if you email him, because I suspect if he follows the news or what have you, he probably knows about what happened to you. If he doesn't, you can just send him the event about what happened to you and tell him, hey, this inspired me to research and learn more about this town. We're doing this project Mm -hmm. at the same time. It'd be great to have your input. Like, I'm sure, like, who wouldn't want to help out some young college students? Like, yeah, read the book and see if his email is right online. I'll send you his uh, webpage. Drop him an email. Tell him about the project that you all are doing. And I'm sure he would make, you know, time for you all in some way, whether you all do email correspondence or Zoom or whatever. But like, yeah, the time is right and exact, young man. Uh, Let's see. Our caller, Irie in Louisiana. Did you have a question for Mr. Gunn? Okay. Um, Thanks for the show, Gus. And um, to the guests, thanks for joining us. Um, I think I have like three questions for you. Trying to remember. So the first one, um, have you ever heard of such a thing as a lynch mob uh, before? Yeah, I I think I've, yeah, I've heard of a, a lynch mob before. Okay. Um, so I guess a second part to the first question, um, did the thought of a lynch mob forming or having been formed come into your consciousness at any time? Wait, could you repeat that? Has I've been encountered with the lynch mob before? Did you, during your encounter in St. Joseph at the festival, did it occur to you that you were actually in the midst, in the midst Mixed, excuse me, of a lynch mob. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I mean, I'm being pushed up against, called the N word, being yelled at. I mean, I, 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 I thought I was going to be hurt at that that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I, yeah. Okay. Well, I guess I got four questions. I got one more. Um. I was wondering too, um, are you, do you um, desire integration with white people? I'm not trying to say that you do or don't. I'm just wondering if that's something you think is a constructive uh, value. Uh, do I desire? I don't, I don't, I don't think. Uh, I mean, if I if I encounter anyone, I try and be as nice to them uh, and make sure that they feel welcome. Any anybody I encounter, uh, I will want them to 
say like, Hey, this, this young man that I met today was a, was a nice young man. Uh, he treated me well. He treated me with respect. Um, and I, I don't, I don't go out of my way to, to, um, to meet, uh, like different people outside of my race. Uh, Barron Springs Mm -hmm. uh, high school is the, one of the most diverse schools in Michigan. Uh, Andrews university is the most diverse university in the, uh, in the world, I believe actually. Um, uh, I think over 32 nations are being represented in the, in that area, and they in the same town as Berrien Springs. Uh, and I mean, I, I see different races every single day, uh, different walks of life, different people from different countries, from different continents, and I just think that it's, it's beautiful that I can be able to to meet somebody who was born in a different place, who has a different uh, uh, perspective of life and they, they live in the area I grew up in. I get to show them around, uh, the area that I love. And I mean, I love to, I love doing that and I love having fun with people. And I like documenting it to show other people that you can look different and you can have fun with somebody who isn't the same as you, who doesn't look the same as you, who thinks differently, who eats different foods as you, uh, who, who, who worships different than you. Uh, uh, some of them are uh, Seventh-day Adventist Catholic. And I just think it's, it's beautiful that we all can be t- extremely different and still have a love for one another. Okay. Well, just so you know, um, when I when I mentioned integration, I meant specifically the people who classify themselves as white. Um, but I, I hear you. I understand. Um, in a you know in a just world, that's what it that's what it will be. So the last two questions is: Are you or excuse me are are you familiar with the World Food Corporation? Yep. Yep. Yes, I am. Yep. Okay. Are you? So the second thing is: Are you familiar? with Whirlpool and their political, um, uh, what they've done politically in Benton Harbor and they're um, basically then using their power to have Reverend Pinkney arrested. Have you heard of Reverend Pinkney? Oh yeah, I've, I've been able to meet Reverend Pinkney a, a multiple times. He's a nice, nice person. Um, okay, well. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. You were about to say something. Yeah, um, I'm not. Um, I don't know what. Hmm, I don't know if it's strictly Whirlpool has tried to um, demonize him um, or not. Uh, I don't. I don't have like like facts with that. Uh, I throughout our community of Benton Harbor, I, it is widely publicized. Uh, I don't don't have facts mm-hmm. but it is widely publicized that um whirlpool is not um for uh for benton harbor um but again i i don't know okay. facts um but yeah i do hear a lot of african-american so, people in our community talk down yeah. on Whirlpool. yeah so just so you know, because I don't want to take too much time, but uh, to the host's point about knowing local history, 
And I'll tell you because you're a non-white male and I want you to have as much information to go forward with to research. Whirlpool mm-hmm. Corporation it has been attempting for at least the past six, seven years to turn Benton Harbor into a golf course resort. And one of the, one of the, uh, oppositional, uh, proponents in your community has been Reverend Edward Pinkney. He was mm-hmm. accused and, um, Com, uh, excuse me, convicted of some type of uh, voter registration fraud, yep. which that yep. conviction was overturned, but he still ended up, you know, serving almost two years. But the yep. issue is, which is most important, the people that you cross the bridge with to see their artwork, St. Joseph, Whirlpool, mm. if they have their way, they're going to take over Benton Harbor, turn it into that golf course resort and make it a part of St. Joseph. But do your due yep. diligence, young man. So the people that are across that bridge are your declared enemy, and I'll I'll leave my line. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know some. Yeah, some parts of Benson Harbor. Um, uh, we do have a golf course. Uh, um, I forget Harbor Shores Golf Course. Uh, they ha- they do the senior PGA down there and everything. And again, uh, it's not full of people who live in our community. Uh, and I, I was actually down there covering that event. And again, it's not, it's in our community. It's not showing what our community is about. Uh, but I, I, I don't know. Um, I, I've heard, I mean, I've heard different things about Whirlpool trying to take land in Benson Harbor. But again, I, I don't know if it's the truth or not. And yeah. Much obliged, Irie in Louisiana. Uh, let's see, Helen in New York. Did you have a call or question? Excuse me, a question for Nicholas Gunn, Helen in New York. Peace and greetings, greetings to Mr. Renegade and to Mr. Gunn. I have a few questions. Um, you said that you interviewed the white police chief a few times mm-hmm. about racism, white supremacy, or racism. Um, did he give mm-hmm. you a definition? No, he didn't. What did he explain to you about racism? And in into he he uh, talked about the different boards and committees that uh, the city has to try and uh, bring the community together uh, throughout with racism and trying to pretty much just put an end to that stigma in the city of St. Joseph. That was the pretty much the talk that we were able to, to have. Where might I be able to find this article? Um, we're, well, the article, well, actually it, it'll be in, I don't know when it'll be published, but it'll be either with, with, uh, the Moody on the market. Uh, I wrote a bio, um, about uh, the police chief of uh, the city of St. Joseph. And it's uh, it'll be coming out pretty soon. Uh, but I do That's look for... White police chief? I'm sorry. No, you, yeah, you I'm just saying, forward. I don't know. Go ahead, continue. Coming out. Uh, okay, I'll look forward to it, too. Um, do you suspect the white police chief of, of being a racist? No, I, I, I don't. I don't suspect him. Uh, he, he talked a lot about um, how he 
uh, wants more African American people to be a part of there. I mean, he's he's uh, reached out to me to try and join their uh, public safety department. Uh, I think I think he's a um, a, a nice person, um, and I, I think he I, I've seen him try to reach out to African Americans to get them a part of their um, their uh, department. I don't think he's uh, a racist at all. Have you ever read Invisible Man by Ralph Ellison? Have I read what? Have you ever read a book by Ralph Ellison called Invisible Man? No, I, I haven't. Um, last question and one book suggestion. Um, that person, the volunteer at Crazel, the one that you you tried to get to come with you to say, hey, you know, I'm okay or whatever, to the mm-hmm. art person. He said, nah, you're all right. Um, was that person white or non-white? That's yeah, he, he was. He was white. He was white? My book yeah. suggestion to you is The Isis Papers by Dr. Francis Cresswell. Thank you for your time. Thank you. All right, thank you. Context of white supremacy. Uh, do you know if they're pressing charges on uh, Mr. Goog or any of the uh, other whites who terrorized you? Yeah, uh, I know that we did a police report a few weeks ago. They told me that it would have been out the end of the week, um, of that week, but it's been three weeks now. And I haven't heard anything, anything back from yet. Mm. So many different components of racism, white supremacy. Now, see, that's another one. Now, if this had been something different, a white person with credentials out taking pictures and old Nicholas Gunn shoving them calling them names, cursing at them. What are you doing? Looking at my artwork, all that. We. Now, one, I think we already said, man, he could have been shot and killed right there. As soon as the police come like what you shoving white people around. What's going on? Much less, even if that doesn't happen, he doesn't get shot. Do we think that this is going to be. We'll get to this. We'll get to it. Let a few weeks go by. Like, what's the big deal? We're in. We're in no rush to write all this up to uh, prosecute old Nicholas Gunn for his assaulting white people out of a public festival. Like, really? Hmm. I would definitely make sure to follow up. And, and I would even ask, like, hey, if, if they say that they're serious about racism, like, so is this the standard procedure? If someone is being accosted in public, you ask the person who is being victimized to vacate as opposed to directing your attention to stopping the aggressors. Is that the way officers are trained in the St. Joseph area? Like questions, lots of right in the project. Oh, it's beautiful timing, beautiful timing. Um, Making sure I didn't, didn't miss uh, any of the important questions. Um, What, your family, I'm sure they've been super supportive, but man, after all of this and, and you're working everything, like what did what did your dad say after all of this happened? Yeah, uh yeah, I mean a lot of 
uh, leaders uh, in my community. My dad pretty much told me, like, hey, we've, we've gone over this. Uh, we told you not to go there. Uh, uh, different, like, my uh, chairman for the uh, Mr. Ben Harbor. Um, then he was like, hey, we always tell you to let everybody know where you're going, uh, especially if you're going across the bridge. Like, you need to let us know uh, what you're doing and um and everything uh, so yeah uh, yeah it was pretty much a, like a, i told you so kind of kind of thing but they're happy that i was that i was safe and i was okay uh and they were there i mean a lot of, i mean a lot of i've been getting a lot of messages from people in the community uh in support um knowing that um that this doesn't define who i am they even the mayor of St. Joseph, she, she, we were um, able to meet uh, a few weeks before this happened, and she was telling me that how nice I was to her and how she got to learn all these different things that I do, and she was so impressed. Um, yeah, so it was, I mean, it was bittersweet, um, but yeah, it was, yeah. context of white supremacy our guest mr nicholas gunn we have retired firefighter in florida speaking with our young fire cadet and incognito art thief nicholas gunn retired firefighter did you have a question yes i i uh i came in on a uh the, the late part of the program uh, but I think I have enough to ask the uh, the guests a question. Uh, it's it, first of all, it's my understanding that you are a reporter, and uh, you uh, uh, were going under the assumption uh, of the privilege of being able to report something, and you were assaulted by a lot of white people. Is that correct? Okay, my question is, uh, has that experience altered uh, your uh, suspicion uh, of white people, especially white people in a large number uh, where there's very few or no non-white people in that environment, uh, and you would have a healthy amount of suspicion that something wrong may happen to you do you think that's altered in that way? Yeah, um, yeah I think it, it has altered um, what I what I would have wanted my my experience to be. Uh, pretty much, with being growing up in this area, this has never never happened to me. And uh, I, to be honest, I I've seen stuff like this happen in the news and. Uh, I I was like, nah, like this this one happened uh in in my my community and for this to happen to me and uh it was it was crazy. It was it was to for the, I mean I was that whole that begin that first week I was I mean, I didn't even wanna take pictures anymore. Like uh, again, like I I I saw one um news outlet um that I, I take pictures every farmer's market in our um uh, in the city of benson harbor uh i go out and report i mean i, I 
I complete that week. I just I didn't do any photography. I'm, I'm trying to get more back into it. Uh, I haven't been taking pictures uh, as I used to after after the this has happened. But I'm I'm trying to still uh, get more into the hang of hang of things. Well, my my suggestion, my suggestion, I, I can't make a I can't make a a demand or anything, but uh, my suggestion is you keep you keep if you if that's something that you like to do and you you may have a gift for doing it, keep doing it. The 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 if anything is constructive from your experience is what you've already reported to me that you have a it's altered your suspicion of white people. Uh, in that, in a similar type of, of environment, uh, to be aware of that. And, and also at the same time, because you have influence over others, share, share that information with other, as many people as you possibly can. And that's all I have to say. Thank you. Thank you. Much obliged, retired firefighter in Florida. So the festival comes around this time next year. Are you, going to go and do photographs or are you going to wait and think i will wait and think and uh again i mean i about i, I, I want to make this something that we could could um could grow from like having a racial talks uh things to to uh, interface with the, the community bring let's bring more black people from benson harbor into st joe for this event i mean no way that should there be i mean before i got into the event like it was this is my first time ever going and i'm talking to a, a one of the volunteers who's signing me in and i'm telling her i'm like hey i've never been here before like how many people usually come she's like yeah fifteen thousand people come wow. up from all over over the world and i'm like like really like and I'm, I'm talking to other people and they're like oh yeah this is big and i'm like okay okay so i'm like i'm looking around and i'm like i'm the only black person here i'm like oh wow like and it's 15,000 people come here and I'm the only black person here. And I'm like, why, why isn't there other black people in our community? When I go to the Harbor Shores, uh, P the senior PGA golf course, why isn't there more African-Americans here? This is happening in our community. It's, but I mean, it's, it shows that they're not reaching out to, to black people. They, they don't want us. They don't. They don't want us to be there. Um, but uh, I want. I want us to be out there. I want us to represent our city, our our Benton Harbor, and let them know that we're here. We're here to stay. Rather, um, who wants us to be there? We're gonna. We're gonna be there, and we're gonna show that we can have fun at these events that are that that are in our community. So yeah. I don't know. I was thinking they got those drawbridges. Now I read what was on James Lowen's James Lowen's webpage. He talked about sometimes they raise the drawbridges, keep the black people out. You talked about apparently they did the same thing sometime recently on July fourth. We don't want the Negroes to come in and ruin our fireworks fireworks uh celebration or we don't want them to partake in it. Man, they also if they really do not want black people, Negros, us, in St. Joe for the art festival or anything else. They also 
they could let a handful of us get on that side, raise the drawbridge. We told you we didn't want you over here. Now we're going to show you how many firearms we have. We told you not to come. They could do that too. Eric McGinnis, lots of black. You said you went to the play, right? You said that earlier in the program. You went to the play about Eric McGinnis and these other black males. They said that in the report. They said African Americans who died suspiciously in St. Joseph or were found in the river. It was all black males. Eric McGinnis, Timothy Allen, black male privilege. But yeah, they could do it the other way. Just raise the bridge and yeah like I said Timothy McVeigh the same white people who were going to kidnap Governor Gretchen Whitmer their cousins and relatives probably right there in St. Joe anywho man it has been a hoot I tell what the moment we listen to reports on racism like every week every Saturday the moment that I heard your report I, I would like to talk to this gentleman like wow the fa- family warned him and he said oh I hate that I hate that I hate that especially when it's like your parents or somebody like I told you I tried to tell you I told you not to call me it's like oh I know I know I know like yeah 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 but glad he said he got lots of support and lots of people you know we are there and all the rest but let us know if you're going to be you know <laughs> like man that is so common I don't know what that do you do you think your parent I guess this will be last one sorry for pestering you but do you think your your parents your dad any other relatives or what have you uh, Reverend Pinckney do you think they could have said something to you or articulated something to you that would have made you more suspicious maybe even made you not attend this event or do you think it's something you had to experience you had to live it to get this lesson yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, uh, I mean, it's it's sad that it happened, but I still wanna uh, wanna be able to to help in this community, and I still wanna be able to to be someone who people can look at and show that uh, we can bring our communities together. I, 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 yeah, Reverend, I, I mean, yeah, with with Reverend Payton, I think that he would wanna be. A help. I mean, he he's like a true activist in our community who who helps out um, with all the different situations with the ben, the lead water. If you if you've heard about the lead uh, waters in the city of Ben Harbor, uh, the lead water crisis. Um, he he's on the ground doing great work. Um, I, I was able to to help out um, at one of his uh, lead water. Uh, I mean, with the water bottle handouts and. He's a true great citizen in our community and activist. As as are you, uh, journalist and fire cadet and all the rest of it. My goodness, like uh, working on this project, you, uh, Miss Danielle Pilgrim, man, uh, mm-hmm. I just I'm I'm super proud, super impressed. Like, wow, we I, I just expect tremendous things. 
uh, over the next uh, few decades for you. Uh, you even got a reading list, but you're a young scholar, so I mean, you're going academic environment. Oh. Hopefully, it'll add to your project. The reading list, the listener, she said, Dr. Francis Cress Welsing's The ISIS Papers, uh, The Other Side of the River, which you said you were all already familiar with, uh, and then James Lowen's Sundown Towns, uh, which is not the best title, and he does use the term race relations, which is really terrible. We're talking about white power system of white supremacy, but those three books should put you on a really great start to having a much better understanding to... Uh, why the event at the Krasil Festival happened, and even some great information for your project on St. Joe and Benton Harbor. But uh, man, oh man, it has been uh, just a real pleasure to chat it up with you uh, this evening. We will definitely keep an eye. Like if you, the pro man, when you get the project done, let us know. We would love to read, check it out. If it's something we can view, send us an email and we will be there to support you and Danielle Pilgrim's uh, effort however long it takes like man you have an audience waiting to see what you come up with yeah I, I will do thank you very much thank you so much for sharing a bit of your time uh, Mr. Nicholas Gunn check out Nick Eats YouTube channel his vlog uh, we appreciate it so much hearing a lot more information about what happened to you sir sorry under these circumstances but Wow, it has been a treat uh, to chat it up with you this evening. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday, and again, send us the information when your project is complete. Will do. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Much obliged, sir. Take excellent care. Nicholas Gunn, our guest this evening, Context of White Supremacy. Wow. I'm so glad we were able to get him on the uh, program because so many folks, so many times that's not the case where we have victims of racism, myself included, where it's no, nobody, you know, warned us. Nobody said anything. We didn't get information. He said everybody, <laughs> like all the folks who care about him told him and, you know, hey, which that happens frequent. Well, I'm not going to say frequently because I don't hear too many folks say everybody told me I mean even as I mean did you hear that he didn't say I had a no count uh, black father who ran off with 15 white women and was selling crack cocaine and I never hear that's not what he said he said my black attempted father told me ooh you don't want to be doing that running over there talking about racism in St. Joe like man people find out what you're doing you could end up in the river that is not a metaphor. That is Eric McGinnis, Timothy Allen. We just, what is the book we just have on Monday? Black Bodies in the River. And then Black Father's still there to say, I told you, don't go over to St. Joe. I'm so glad you're still here. I'm glad you're alive. I told you. We told you not to go to St. Joe. That is the magnitude we've had. So Dick Gregory said that like we have a long list of black pen. I didn't just say it. Dick Gregory. Two times he got mentioned on the program this week where he said 
all the work that he did and pictures that he could have shown with him and Dr. King and all these events and Freedom Summer and everything else and wrote a book about Cointelpro and Dr. King's assassination and all of this and his children. Dad is crazy. <laughs> what? These white people are all right. He's crazy. All that militant, radical Negro. What? I'm Dick Gregory. That is what domination looks like. And we hear that all the time. We and Again, I have to stop saying that like, man, Nicholas Gunn, that is exceptional. We do not hear that all the time where someone says everyone in the family tried to talk to you about racism. Eh. That is the enormity of the problem. We'll have to think on that for a second. We will take a break if folks have thoughts on uh, what they heard. We'll be right back. Give a, a quick second for folks to share. I'm so proud we did not have fisticuffs or brawls. We have that whites, white guests only rule for a reason. Uh, and we didn't have any name calling or brawling. I thought it was constructive. People asked their questions. We didn't have speechifying like, whoo. Maybe even something to learn. Yeah, I'll say something about that on the other side of the break. So we'll take a quick break. And then if folks have thoughts on what they heard, we will share quickly and then get ready for the book club tomorrow. Context of white supremacy. I would love to see the FBI look into these cases. For months, calls for an FBI investigation. I think that the state police, the FBI, the CIA, whoever, needs to come in and investigate. With at least six mysterious deaths involving African Americans from Benton Harbor, family, friends, community leaders, all asking for more to be done. Do you think the FBI should get involved? Uh, yes, I do. You don't think that investigators here are doing what they do? No, I don't. It turns out the FBI was already involved in a couple of the cases. St. Joseph Interim Director of Public Safety, Steve Newbecker, made that point clear. The two cases that we're talking about today, the Eric McGinnis case and the Timothy Ellen case, the FBI was involved in both those investigations. Police reports show the FBI assisted in the search for Timothy Bulldog Allen in 2011, and the Department of Justice reviewed the case of Eric McGinnis from 1991. The Eric McGinnis case, the task force was formed involving the agencies of the FBI, the state police, and all local jurisdictions. While it's not clear how any of these people ended up in the water, public officials from across the county all agree on one thing. Do you think the FBI should take a look at these cases? I don't think it would fall under purview. Do you think the FBI should come in here and take a look at all this? We don't have any problem with any outside agency coming in here, but I don't know if the FBI would take on something where there's no evidence. They got to understand that it was thoroughly investigated, reviewed by the prosecutor's office, and there was no signs of foul play. We wanted to speak with the prosecutor about it as well, so we reached out to prosecuting attorney Mike Sepik about these cases, and despite cooperation from every single local law enforcement agency, he refused to be a part of our story. But what we can tell you is every one of those cases goes to his office in the courthouse right here. He can then decide if the case is closed or if it's sent back for more investigating. The FBI was similarly quiet. Through our multiple inquiries, we received a short email saying in part, quote, 
It's the policy of our office, actually the whole of the FBI, to neither confirm or deny the existence of an investigation. Just being a former detective, kind of have a saying where there's smoke, there's fire. While Vinton Harbor's director of public safety doesn't think the FBI should get involved, he's not saying nothing should be done. The volume of the numbers I've been here, I've been here 20 years, uh, it just kind of makes you wonder. Without looking, we won't know if there's something or not. McGinnis says even some of the cases that were technically solved may warrant another look. Even with an accidental death, that still is kind of inconclusive because it, to be conclusive, it seemed like there would be some type of witness that says, I saw so-and-so fall in. Not saying there is anything out there for sure, but I'd love to be at a point where we get resources to be able to kind of revisit some things and take a look with fresh eyes. And while it's no promise to reopen any case or get the FBI involved, it's at least hope for some of these families that more may be done. I hope that they do it in time where nobody else can have to worry about having this feeling that me and the other families have had were losing their family members to this circumstance. Context of white supremacy, at least with the Eric McGinnis case, like this year, within the last, like, I think three, four months, that case was reopened with a witness who said Eric McGinnis, black teenager, was actually put or kicked rather into the water. And even in the book, The Other Side of the River, which I just became aware of, I hadn't read myself. Uh, but I am going to see if we can get the author on the program. Then we can chat it up and I will read. Uh, but in that book, there is a portion where the white author speaks to a witness or some. I think there was someone involved with the investigation. And they said just based on the evidence, they think because this is cold water uh, with the Eric McGinnis case specifically, uh, the basic details. And I might be inaccurate in some places, but investigate, strive for accuracy. Uh, unless I'm in error, uh, this is a black teenager. This happened in 1991. Allegedly, he went into a vehicle and stole like a little bit less than $50. The white owner of the vehicle allegedly chased him. People saw this. Now, I mean, you can even think about that. In, and based on what you just heard, and I think this is corroborated. I think this part of the story because an off-duty enforcement officer allegedly saw this chase called the police but they did not join the chase of Mr. or young McGinnis Uh, but based on what you heard today in terms of a black male being attacked he wasn't even being chased this was an active chase with Mr. Gunn and the people joined in what nigga what what they didn't even know him in this one an enforcement officer sees this calls it in he's being chased witness comes forward and says that they see Mr. or Eric McGinnis being chased by a group of whites and then he gets kicked into the water but in the book the other side of the river uh, the white author writes that one of the people who looked at the evidence said hey this is cold water much like here in Seattle Washington if you were if let's say the police are chasing you right that's one of the theories that he jumped in the water and drowned accidentally because he was being chased because he broke into this car the police were chasing him or the car owner were chasing him so he was trying to flee for his life to get back to Benton Harbor okay if you were going to do that this water is really cold anybody if that's what you were going to do 
I'm at least going to kick off my shoes. I mean, I think anybody, if you tried to swim, that would be the minimum. And maybe some of my other clothes. He has his shoes on. Now, they said his belt buckle was undone a little bit. Now, some of the folks who looked at the evidence, they said it's a lot of ways that can happen. Uh, sometimes when they're trying to get the body out, the belt buckling or the clothes gets unbuckled or whatever, or loosened. Sometimes just even being in the water for a period of time, that can happen uh, just with the current and what have you. Uh, but they said, hey, if this were a case where he fell in the water, this water is so cold, the natural human response would be, let me try to get back out of the water where I fell in at. That's where he would drown at. That would be what it is. That's apparently not what this was. It would not be, let me, you know, take my clothes off. It would be, ooh, this water is super cold. Let me see if I can get out. Got to be a point where I can get out of this water. Michigan, got to be freezing. At any rate, uh, but... So this case was reopened just within weeks of what happened at the Krasil Art Fair Festival. Uh, this the Eric McGinnis case, thirty more than thirty years at this point, and no statute of limitations on murder. We know that with Carolyn Bryant Donham. Anyway, uh, that I'm I'm reading more important and learning, knowing local history, all of that super important. Uh, one thing I will say, the program that we had on Monday, uh, Black Bodies in the River, I talked uh, about the failure to mention Pro. I said Dr. Frances Cress Welsing, her book was mentioned today at page one of her book. Now, that's even something to think about. All the people that name drop Dr. Frances Cress Welsing and her book is important and you got to read the ISIS papers and blah, 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 blah. Okay. Page one. And I think... It's even before she mentions Neely Fuller Jr.'s book. Now, I have to go back to double check, but I mean, even with that, it's not like she recommends a ton of books in the ISIS papers. Neely Fuller Jr., the code book, Dr. Kenneth O'Reilly, Racial Matters. And specifically, she says, no one, white or non-white, should talk about racism, white supremacy, what it is, how it works. If you've not read that book, I'm paraphrasing. But that's on like page one of the ISIS papers. Most of the people that I know that brag about Dr. Welsing and or the ISIS papers have not read Racial Matters. The guest we had on Monday, David Hauk, white man, said he is familiar with the book. He had it, but he not read it. He wrote a book on Freedom Summer, Mississippi, 1964. There's a whole chapter in Dr. O'Reilly's book on Freedom Summer and those murders. How much of an omission is that? That's what I've been thinking about. And particularly when I thought Dr. Hauk is his official title is like the black liberation scholar at Florida State. Like I have to give the exact. This is one where I want to strive for accuracy uh, to give his exact title at Florida State. Uh, and why I said, oh, that's even more galling. Uh, let's see. There we go. Rhetorical critical of the Black Freedom Movement. Well, it's probably in the description that I wrote up for the program. I have to go back and look, but it's like it's a part of his CV profile, uh, if you will. 
and to not have any sort of mention of Cointelpro not uh, yet major omission that's been a big theme this year when these white experts write these books and they have major glaring omissions what to make of it anyway I thought it was such a glaring omission that I called Dr. Kenneth O'Reilly because we've interviewed him twice I have his uh, contact information in my Rolodex so I call him uh, he picks up like on the first ring uh, or what have you and uh, I asked, wrote this book Freedom Summer you have a whole chapter on that no mention of Cointelpro he says hmm hmm he says well some of their more aggressive tactics didn't pick up till later but mm, mm. <laughs> like, uh, and I was going through some of the de- in fact I read that passage uh, that he has on page 173 where he talks about uh, Hoover saying that they were going to put pressure on the white sheriff because they had information that he was having sexual relations with Negro women and I read that part and he said dang I forgot all about that. And I said, I forgot about that too. I was so ashamed that I didn't bring that up when he was a guest on the program. He said, man, you know, uh, Hoover and those guys, they lie all the time. So, I mean, there's no, you know, maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. But with the sheriff's case, this is probably true because there was so much of this. The sheriff's, this was, you know, he said, he's... He said, people talk about the Catholic priests and all that. You could include the Boy Scouts, too, but all the the sexual abuse of children and all that. But he said, I mean, hey, that's widespread. So he said the sheriffs, yeah, they are uh, like in this case, he was talking about the sheriff uh, and his sexual relations with Negro women. But he said this would also include young girls and young boys. Hmm. Anywho, in the midst of all this, because I have been thinking like, I think this is a major error to not include this. Any white person, any non-white person, really, to write a book about uh, the so-called civil rights movement, any of these people, you include the FBI, J. Edgar Hoover, and you don't have a mumbling word about Cointelpro? F. Part of the same, because that's a part of the pattern where white people write this information and they do not include pertinent detail I mean if we're talking about the freedom movement then hey no one has been more responsible for undermining sabotaging the so called black freedom movement than Cointelpro and the race soldiers J. Edgar Hoover very people that he mentions in the book anyway so I said man we need to do more work on Cointelpro not that we haven't done John Potash, William Pepper Dr. Kenneth O'Reilly, Racial Matters. One of the first 20, I even said to think about that now. He didn't include, include Cointelpro in his work at all. Most people don't. The cows, we've done more than 2,000 programs. Dr. Kenneth O'Reilly, Racial Matter was one of the first 20 out of 2,000. More, well over 2,000. Anyway, all of that short, I said, man, I have his contact information. We should just have Dr. O'Reilly on again to go back and address racial matters second time around and cover all the things that I've missed. So we will do that again. 
Wednesday, next Wednesday, a week from today, Dr. Kenneth O'Reilly, third time, second, and we have never done that, to have one guest on two times to talk about the same book. We will do that with Racial Matters. And we had people who said, why don't you put this in the book club? Again, listeners, you all have zero, like zero, zero input on the book club. See the man in the high castle. Two, another reason that listeners have zero input on the book club is because I don't know what else to call it, but laziness, if there's a better term. And I'm, I really avoid categorizing anything, really, that victims of racism do as lazy. But in this case, I don't have a more accurate descriptor. And I've thought about this for some time. Most of the time when non-white people, cows listeners, recommend or suggest a book to me or talk about a book to me, they're talking about a book they've not read. Major problem. Reading is more important than watching television. Dr. Welsing said that as well. Now with racial matters... That will probably never be in the book club now because we now will have had the author of that book on twice to talk about said book. So you would have had not one, but two different chances spread out over 13 years to read this book, supplement it with what we talked about on the program. If you missed something, didn't understand, got confused, bang. You now have a week to read it again, go back, reflect, prepare your question, and bammo. It would be very, I like to have diversity. There's so many different books and what have you, so it'd be very unlikely. Plus, I will have to read this book again, so now I will have lost count of how many times I have read this book. That also, like, I don't mind reading a book that I've read, like, once or twice, but I mean, once Gus has had to read a book three or more times, oh, man. That very de-emphasized for the book club, which again, listeners have zero input for the book club. See the man in the high castle. Now, since we're on Dr. Kenneth O'Reilly, his name is so hot, it kept coming up this week. I just mentioned him with Racial Matters on Monday. A listener emailed and said, hey, Gus, we should consider... This book for read. Now, I don't know if they were pitching for the book club or if they were pitching as a guest on the program, either of which would be totally unacceptable. As I just said, listeners have zero input for the book club. See the man in the high castle. White guests only. Now, I don't know what it is like. We have exceptions like today, which is extraordinary for many reasons. This is not like, oh, yes, the floodgates are open. Suggest all of the non-white people you would like to talk to. No. White guests only. No exceptions. If I see something from time to time that says, ooh, this is a unique opportunity to learn, I will try to take advantage. Generally, that's not a black person writing a book about racism. Nine times out of ten, that is not a black person writing a book about racism. So the book that was suggested, I posted, it's titled Prejudential Black America and the Presidents. My paraphrase, it would be a book that details the history of 
generally individuals classified as white being president of the U.S. and then practicing racism against black people. Dr. Kenneth O'Reilly basically wrote the same book, Nixon's Piano. We talked about that. He was a guest on the program to talk about that book specifically in 2010, his second visit to the cows. I will tell you what, how do the young people say it? Like Mr. Gunn, how do they say it? We're built different. Really, Gus T and the rest of you all, we're built different. Most of you all, not all, but most, and white people are to blame, but that really does not make a difference. Most of you all, you hear an author talking about a book, a podcast, YouTube, whatever it is. You hear a review, whatever. You'll see them on television talking about their book. You don't read the book. That happened with this book. Gus T actually got the book. Now, I will tell you another difference. This is one that I heard a decade ago, and now I read like that. They will tell you a difference. Some people will say a difference between people that are like grad school scholars. When they get a book, normal people, they get a book and they'll look at the table of contents. What are the chapters? What is it talking about? Scholars get a book. They might look at that. They go to the end. What are the references? What sources did they use to compile this information? That's what I do now. Now at 13 years at the cows and 2000 plus, frequently what I'm doing, I'm looking to see now what references, authors, whatever, people are they citing that we have interviewed? That's what I'm doing. So with this book, Prejudential, Black America and the Presidents, talking about racism and the presidents, does she mention Kenneth O'Reilly's Nixon's Piano, which is the exact same book? Yup. Repeatedly. I, I don't want to read this. Now, I go since it's by chapter. Chapter on Thomas Jefferson. Let's look and see. She has a whole chapter on Thomas Jefferson. Sally Hemings doesn't get mentioned at all. No, I don't want to talk to this person. No, I don't want to read this book. And in fact, this is what I expect, generally speaking, when non-white people write books on racism. I don't expect, oh my gosh, this is going to be accurate scholarship on what white supremacy racism is and how it works. I expect something like this. And it's a lot of reasons for that. White editors, racism, white supremacy, terrorism, we're confused, long list. But at the end of the day, it doesn't change the fact the product is something like this. Now, why would I want to talk to VGQ for sure? But I mean, now, really, I'm supposed to talk to this person and I bring this up and oh, my gosh, you're picking on and hating and bringing in all the rest. No, I don't even want to talk to you. All the best. I hope you sell millions of. Well, I don't know about that because I mean, hey, really, as a history major, like, really, what am I to say? How do you write a chapter on Thomas Jefferson and racism, white supremacy? You don't have a mumbling word about Sally Hemings. What am I to say? Oh, that's what I said. White guests only. No exceptions. And I said suggesting content like this really for either the book club 
or as a guest, I look at all this as trolling. Like, I have to waste my time even responding. Like, really, even have to flip through this. Like, are you flipping serious? Oh, my God. Ugh. Nixon's Piano. That would be the book to read unless I really, really miss something. Reading is more important than watching television. And in fact, even if I get one more on the reading, frequently when you hear these authors talking and doing interviews, they're talking to someone who also has not read their book. Now, how much detail do you really think you're getting even listening to most of these interviews, podcasts, or whatever it is with the author? white author we had on the program Monday said that I was going to ask him that question it was beautiful because I didn't even have to he volunteered it and said exactly the same thing wow it's unique to speak to an interviewer who actually read my book reading is more important than watching television that's one of the reasons we did the program today because we did read Sundown Towns in the book club. Ooh, whew. now I know St. Joseph, racially restricted region. Oh my gosh. Yes. Let's talk to Mr. Gunn. How on earth do you end up in a racially restricted region at a fair being terrorized? After everyone that cares about you has told you, don't go over there. That's why this was unique. Like, ooh, we can we please take an opportunity to learn? If anything, wow, this problem is extraordinary. And I would say again, like when you have offspring, racism, white supremacy would have to be front and center. And no one I knows does that. It would have to be like <laughs> reading. Math, one and one is two. Racism, white supremacy is global system of people dedicate. And nobody does that. And even then, that's no guarantee of success. Like I said, Dick Gregory, but I mean, at minimum, it would have to be that. And since that's not done, oh man, that's what you get frequently. What they call it, we have to learn the hard way. That's Gus T. Renegade. That's Malcolm X. That's the vast majority of us. Dr. Frances Cress Welsing. She didn't come out saying she was a counter racist scholar. She's on a Marxist Leninist. That's learning the hard way. Sometimes you don't even get to finish the lesson. Eric McGinnis. Could have been Mr. Gunn. What happened at the uh, fair? Folks who dialed in uh, with a hand up, if you have commentary on what you heard, hopefully we got something rare. We don't normally have non-white people on the program. Uh, yeah, see if we, we got anything that was worthwhile. Uh, and I don't know, maybe adjustments that we can make sharing material with, with uh, other family. I don't know if people picked up any tips that they can learn. He said that uh, he got some, I guess, gentle I told you so afterwards and he would not go next time around or he would at least think about it. But man, what uh, what did we learn from young Mr. Gunn? Uh, folks who dialed in with the hand up should be with us. If you didn't get to ask a question, star six one and we will bring you into the line. Yeah, Gus, um, 
victim from New Jersey. <sighs> How you doing? <laughs> beautiful um, day, beautiful man. day. How are you, so sir? This, I'm good, I'm good. I'm I'm outside while I talk to you. Uh so um this came right on time. Um you know, I had a tough conversation with my mother. Um, I picked up uh, definitely more informed than uh, the young man's uh, father. Um, you know what I'm saying? Mother basically, you know, said she's, you know, tired of talking about racism. And it felt like I was sitting through a episode of um, The O'Reilly Act. Um, but unfortunately, um, I practiced, uh, patient. Um, I gave examples of, um, my life, things that she didn't know that I went through. She expressed things that she went through. So for that young man to be that young and also have parents to warn him about racism that is just just so important and um so definitely have to be patient with um our family members i mean especially if you're speaking to a elder you know mother grandmother um i'm gonna ask him the episode about uh i'm gonna ask him about you know did he think uh, what happened to him uh, with the white terrorists uh, accusing him of stealing art? Um, you know, was that was that prejudice or was that power? You know, so um, you know he answered it to the to the best of his ability. Um, unfortunately, I hope that he uh, left out of this um, thinking. You know, just a, just a little a better perspective. Uh, the the allude back to my mother. Um, after I finished reading uh, Racial Matters, I just asked her, you know, I said, listen, you know, uh, I want you to read a book. So I'm, I'm, I'm not, I didn't, you know, I didn't, uh, I didn't belittle her. I didn't, you know, call her stupid. I didn't, you know, you know, I just asked her how did she come to some of the conclusions that she had what books does she read? Uh, what's her definition of racism? What she thinks racism is? So after I read the book Racial Matters, I'm going to then introduce her to Francis Chris Wilson. I'm going to introduce her to her work, her book. I'm going to introduce her. Then I'm going to graduate her to nearly quote. Hopefully she listened. I didn't want to go the route of uh, YouTube clips, you know what I mean? Cause I, cause again, like I think you get a better grasp when you sit and read and really digest what you're reading and think. Um, at the end of that conversation, um, it was productive. You know, she understood, uh, where I was coming from and she understood, um, my, um, definition or, or, or my interpretation of racism. Because I explained to her, I said, we're having this conversation, 
but we're having two different conversations. You're describing racism totally different than I am. So with that said, once I can finish this book, I will pass it on to her. Hopefully she practiced uh, some black self-respect and read the book and, and, and don't troll me and, 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 and tell me she's going to read it and she's not. Um, but I close. Right on. Well, I'm, patience is, that is huge. It sounds like even though his dad and some other folks may have got a, I told you so in, patience is very important with attempted family members and such so I'm so glad to hear that I think um, if they are people who do read right I know some folks are a little more resistant to that but if they do read oh yeah I think uh, all the books that you suggest Dr. O'Reilly's and this is a white man too got Dr. King's picture on the front page if, if it's your mom she's a little bit older than you I would think following logic I mean, she'll know Dr. King. That'll probably have some resonance. Stokely Carmichael, Kwame Ture, she'll know, you know, who that is. Like, she'll see names that she'll recognize. And they'll be victims. <laughs> like, hearing how these folks were stalked and killed and unjustly prosecuted and terrorized and all the other uh, dimensions of all of this. And starting out, in fact, with Jack Johnson. Oh, that was what he said when I called him. I called, oh, that was today. I forgot. It feels like everything just mushed like that was today. Yes, that was hours before. So today when I called Dr. O'Reilly, um, I, I was telling him, Dr. Hauk, like, man, he didn't even say anything about Pro. And I was he was saying, well, you know, when does it start? And he's talking 1964. And I said, man, I told him uh, and you with us, you started with, <coughs> excuse me, with Marcus Garvey. And he said, well, really, you know, Jack Johnson, if you want to talk about it. It's like, that's right. We talked about that on the program. I mean, now, Jack Johnson, we're going all the way back to 1910 now. And uh, in, in the Freedom Summer is 1964. And he said, really? Jack Johnson? Yeah, 1910. But I mean, really? You go all the way back to that pen. It's like, really like end of slavery. Like, we got to keep an eye on the Negros. Like, and I said, that's exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, if you want to talk about Cointelpro in name, I guess, but he that's the whole point of his book. This has been the whole that's why he's coming back on the program Wednesday. Do this again. I don't think most of it. I can even give you another story. Books like this, even this, why it's white guests only. The whole Cointelpro subject matter, we can ask him Wednesday. I'm not aware of any black people who have written books specifically about Cointelpro. It may be mentioned, but like this is the main thrust of what we're talking about is Cointelpro. I'm not even aware. John Patash, white man. Ward Churchill, Jim Vanderwall, they wrote the Cointelpro papers and Agents of Repression. I remember, oh, that's one of the early books that I read. Like this is my wheelhouse. This is, uh, as they say, metaphor. Like this is foundation of my like history degree this subject matter how I got to counter racism to begin with um, but it's like all white people like you're not reading black people uh, even though they're all talking about it. now this again goes now who is informed about racism now you want to start who are the experts on Cointelpro you're generally going to be talking about who white people 
Gus, if I can interject, uh, the first history book that I read was uh, Before the Mayflower. Um, no, 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 not the first book I read, but um, one of the first black history books I read was Before the Mayflower. And if I could recall, you're 100% correct, there was no mention of COINTELPRO. And I think the second and third book was Tony Brown's um, two books, uh, White Lives, Black Lives. I don't think it was no mention of COINTELPRO in those books either. Both books from Tony Brown that I read. You're... 100% right. That's most people that write on racism, but I mean, hey, in my opinion, if you want, I mean, hey, how do you talk about Dr. King and not mention Cointelpro? How do you mention, and particularly now that it's on the official white record that these black males who spent all this time in prison didn't even do this assassination? Oh, man, that's Cointelpro too? Yes, that's Cointelpro. How do you talk about it? That's why I said Stokely Carmichael. Bob Moses, Fannie Lou Hamer, these folks got enormous Cointel Pro, but not a teeny, you know, little paragraph or like folders and folder, probably whole file cabinets uh, and such. Like, come on, man. And again, the people who wrote the books about all of this in detail, the people who stole the flipping files, the reason that we know about this, as we have been told, are white. Any other folks with us have commentary, Mr. Gunn, what they heard? Hello? Yes. Irie in Louisiana. Um, I could be in... Yes, thank you. I could be incorrect, but it still sounds like he has um, some youthful optimism, which I'm not putting down optimism, but I think he just has more to learn because he wants to from what I can understand, do like an, you know, integrate, even if it's for just a, a period of time, black people into St. Joseph to try to get them to get along. And I mean, he just, I don't think he fully understands that these people are dedicated like that. And I, I hate to say it could be because he didn't get hurt. Sometimes people learn because, you know, um, you know, there's pain involved and pain can be, uh, you know, we, our brains act with reward or consequence sometimes. And he seems like if he would have gotten hurt, then he might hang up the whole thing. But um, even if he wants, I don't know, he just doesn't, I don't think he gets it yet. Um, and again, to know that, Benton Harbor has indeed suffered from lead poisoning because of an emergency manager being appointed the same as Flint, Michigan, but yet St. Joseph isn't to not have that connection made in his mind to start seeing the codification on that side of, you know, his region. Um, and also, um, you know, I think the teenagers this day and age, because my son is, you know, he just turned, you know, 19. And he kind of talks the same way every now and then. Oh, it's just not as bad as it was when you were my age or it's not as bad as it was when, you know, you know, great-grandparents were their age. That's what they think. And um, 
I, it could be because of the propaganda that's being fed, you, you, you know, to kids, social media. There's a lot more optics for not just integration, but just, oh, this doesn't matter, race doesn't matter, gender doesn't matter, and all these, um, all this, uh, you know, it's just amalgamating things together. So it's easier to me to, for these younger people to dispel what they've seen, the evidence they've seen, because that propaganda is hypnotic in a way, and they really believe it. And I just think he had to hit his head on the rock to find out it was hard. I don't think this was enough. Yeah. I could be incorrect. Let me know. Many of us still learning. Um, I don't know. I, I think black people, victims of white supremacy, suffer extraordinary amounts of pain. So if that produced some sort of knowledge or intelligence, we would be Ph.D. scholars in something. And that apparently is not the case. So uh, let's see. Other folks who are with us who have a hand up. Did you all have a uh, commentary? I do. Yeah. Oh. Go ahead. Bay Area mom. Oh, oh thank you. Oh, thank you. Um, I, I wanted to state that um, I thought it was wonderful. He's only 18. Look at his bio. He's not going to know a lot of, uh, of stuff. Sometimes, especially the way the school systems are set up, and I'm sure where he goes to school, he just said it was multicultural, so he's not looking at it like that. I have a, uh, my son is three years older than him. He's not, he wasn't looking at it like that. Even throughout, we, we talk, you know, going to Boston, oh, okay, thanks, well, thanks. You have to go out there and, you, you know, you go in the see. And so he even had hope to fix it somehow. He's like, I'm pull back next year, you know, well, I'm going to be thinking of a way to make this because they're not going to keep doing this. He had, he had an, some kind of agenda because he knew that that wasn't just. And he was trying to replace this current system with a system of justice, however, only 18. And then maybe now he'll take some of the stuff his parents said. Oh, 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 oh no, because my parents, everybody, you know, he'll take it, okay. Well, you might be right. I'll, I'll consider it now because he considered. He said next next year he wasn't going, but he's thinking of a plan. Um, I think he's wonderful. He's going to college. He's not all video gamed out or t talking foolishness. He has, he was late going to the event because he had other things to do. So he was wonderful, and he's still learning just like us. And just to be eighteen, he's off to a great start. And Thank you. I'll mute myself. Thank you, firefighter. Love it. You're welcome. Love it. Spoken like a mom. Retired firefighter. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, in this part of the world, I will use as an example uh, the nice white person slash nice white people propaganda is thoroughly pushed and it is very attractive. Uh, it is earmarked for a lot of uh, young 
non-white black people uh, are exposed are exposed to it. Uh, they don't even have to go outside of their uh, place of residence uh, because it's on television. Uh, and when you when that person goes outside of the house, uh, in a lot of places, uh, it will be confirmed in a very deceptive way uh, by white people being very courteous, very nice, very generous. Uh, and that's what uh, somebody like the young fella on the program is uh, compacted with. Uh, he got a dose of white supremacy. Uh, I believe that he's going to remember it, but, uh, by his, by some of his talking points, uh, I've kept hearing the word come together, coming together, uh, uh, people coming together, whether it was non-white people or non-white people coming to quote unquote, coming together with white people. Uh, I heard that a lot. Uh, and, uh, so that gives me the, the idea and understanding that, that, uh, the learning process, uh, that, uh, uh, he is going to need is still there because, uh, he's going to have to strengthen, uh, a more healthier suspicion of all white people. I'm not saying to be discourteous to anyone. Uh, and I definitely don't want to discourage him from not being a reporter, even in some of the most quote unquote dangerous places, because it would be helpful to, uh, dismantling the system of race and white supremacy. If a non-white person is able to go everywhere and he may be that person, he may be that person, but I would, I would say in the process of doing that, you have to be aware of the possibilities of what can happen to you in a split second by white people, uh, in the, in the process of being everywhere, uh, every, cause everyone takes risks. Everyone take everybody takes risks. Uh, even though I worked on a job for almost 30 years where, you know, anything can happen, you know, when that alarm goes off, even if the alarm doesn't go off, <laughs> something bad, something bad can happen to you. Uh, that is, that's actually is a part of being a victim of racist white supremacy. So basically what some of us, were suggesting to him is to have a code, is to is develop a code. I, met, I forgot to say that directly, just what I said, uh, which I have problems with. And to to, I need to work on my words. I put it that way, and uh, you know. So those are my my thoughts on the on the particular guest today. Thank you. Much obliged, retired firefighter. We all need to work on our words. Uh, any other folks with commentary that they want to get in before we wrap up? Yeah, real quick, if you don't mind, 
I want to thank the fighter, firefighter because I think he articulated what I was trying to say better. Um, that's basically it to a T. Like, I, I kept hearing things that let me know, to me, if he would have, I'm not wishing it on him. I just think because there was no injury, be, because of that, he still thinks that he can make a connection with these people. He didn't get hurt. And I noticed, I just noticed that sometimes it takes people getting hurt in order to be like, oh, that doesn't work. That won't work. So I don't know. I'm with the firefighter. I think, you know, we all still learning, but I don't think it hit him like you were in, in peril, young man, you know, and that's it. Anybody else comments they need to get in? Gus, do you remember how he said that he was talking to the guy about the Bible and um, or uh, whatever, and uh, he just was kind of put it back on him as if if you wouldn't have if you would have just left mm -hmm. the Christian way to do it, Jesus would have <laughs> would have left, but you stayed and caused this commotion. And I just thought that was interesting that that's how he turned it around on us. That was that was real. I didn't like that, but I noticed that too. Um, thank you. Religion of white supremacy. Um, yeah, absolutely. I thought, and, and uh, totally um, <clears throat> lying, defiling the scripture. As I said, Jesus is a troublemaker. You know, he's confronting folks in the temple, the money changes and all that. I'm a heathen. Hey, I'm not trying to say I'm no religious scholar or anything, but I mean, he's a troublemaker. That's why he got hanged, lynched, if you will. He is not that. Oh, oh, oh my bad. My bad. I'm going to be quiet and get on out of here. That's not that's not the person I read about. I don't know what Bible he's talking about. They got different versions, right? Yeah, I thought that was especially tacky at the end where were you to come in and intervene like we can talk about what jesus would do i didn't even do anything i'm just here with my presidentials and a camera what are you doing nigger? get out of here ha! Ha! you could have hopped in whoa brothers we're supposed to be christian whoa this is my brother we just were talking about jesus and going to the prisons to save the heathens like back up back up back up then you can say, now, what would Jesus have done there? Do you think he should have left earlier? Or, you know, did you accost those folks? You try to rape anybody? Then you can do all that. No, no, no. I wait till after. And he wasn't even saved then because he said that the white woman came over and was filming him like, ah, police, come on. You see, he's posing. You see, you see. Not let me get you to safety, young man. You're just 18. You're a child. Let me shepherd you away from all of this. These cruel racist heathens let's get away from it. no 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 does not get any better than tacky uh, I will say before we get ready to uh, wrap up uh, I, I totally agree Bay Area mom like I, I'm so impressed I mean wow his resume at that young age is extraordinary better than many people that are you know 15 20 years older than he is uh, you know is trying to go out and do uh, ambitious constructive things like bravo uh, he is still learning as are all of us um, I do think just with concepts so because he said you know he thought a white person could also be a victim of racism 
not having so apparently with what his parents and everyone was saying they were not giving him definition this is racism white supremacy and it is well I guess they did say the danger bar because they said you can end up in the river but no definition that this is a total system of racism they are dedicated this is not something that they're ignorant about uh, that word community that's what I say Mr. Fuller where he talks about not we don't have a community white people have a community to themselves and they do not want us in their community that's what white supremacy racism means like making that explicit this is not a confusion this is not they don't understand we need to come to get all that rhetoric so very common in the way that we talk about all of this and apparently they didn't have books because he said that too he I couldn't really think of books so I guess they did not have like Dr. Welsing's book or Yurugu or Mr. Fuller's book or you know what have you to race it we're going to go to the library and study racism or whatever so that you end up with some books about racism to make sure that you have concepts definitions about why these type of things happen everybody satisfied yeah Gus um, you know another thing that uh, that uh, which uh, sparked my interest that one one official that that works in the racist town, you know. I mean, I, I definitely just wanted would have loved more detail on how is he coexisting in such an environment. And it's hard for me to believe that. And this is no fault of his VGQ, not name calling, not calling him a coon or a sellout. But I, it's hard for me to believe that he is seriously talking about racism um, amongst his uh, amongst those uh, white people in that town. I, I don't think he can coexist. So I don't know if he's doing what they call um, is it is it cold switching? I mean, you know, when he get around black people, you know, maybe he's QEP Newton, and you know, when he get around, you know. The people in that racist town, maybe he's Ben Carson, like you know. So maybe that's what he's doing to coexist. But I, I don't believe that he's having serious conversations about racism. If he's the only black politician in this town full of terrorists. Hmm. Well, <clears throat> uh, I did check just to see what I could find I, even the report that he mentioned uh, this is from Michigan Advance uh, state senator somebody called the police on the black boys on the campaign trail state senator Marshall Bullock told the advance on Tuesday that someone called the police on him while campaigning in West Michigan on Saturday for a Democrat who is trying to unseat state Republican uh, Pauline Wenzel Bullock was door knocking in a fluent riverfront residential community in St. Joseph racially restricted region when Chokwe Pitchford, the 21 year old House Democrat nominee from Benton Harbor uh -oh, and Riante Bell mentioned a candidate for the Berrien County Commission. All three are African American males. Bullock said they were approached by a St. Joseph public safety officer. As soon as I saw the squad car pulling up, I said 
this is about to be some bullshit. <laughs> That's what it says in the report. Like they got nothing. I can't live. Woo. Uh, referring to a recent series of incidents across the county between blacks and police, which has sparked a resurgence in the Black Lives Matter movement. Michigan's 79th House District is located in the southwest corner of the state and includes the majority African-American city of Benton Harbor, as well as the overwhelmingly white St. Joseph and Water Vlit, among other communities. <clears throat> and they give more details about the stop and how they were harassed and, you know, what the officer said and all that. But three black males, all of them have on collars, ties, two of them have on glasses. Well, we just talked about that. We said, man, if black male, black people, period, you want a little bit more safety, get glasses. Well, two of the three had on glasses, so it doesn't solve everything. Uh, and then maybe that's just too much black Negro maleness to overcome. Like, you can't have three. Like, if it had just been one of them, okay. But three... Oh, and he's got a hoodie on. (laughs) I was wrong. Two of them do have on collared shirts, and one of them even has a tie on, but all of that is squashed. Negro in a hoodie. Ah, it's, yeah, yeah. And a bright colored hoodie at that. Like, geez, man, oh, man. Like, wrong decision all the way around. Listen to neutralizing workplace racism for better wardrobe decisions. Not that that, you know, might not have made a difference either. Anywho, uh, I'm super glad we did the uh, program. Man, he said the word crazy. He said community words are important. Crazy. I do not think that it is crazy that this situation happened at this moment at all. He's doing this project on racism in his hometown, Benton Harbor, basically both these areas, really five minutes. Um, doing racism on this region and this incident happens and then he even comes on this program you all give book recommendations and what have you and he's so young about to start college and all of that working on this project not crazy not a coincidence at all exactly the way things were supposed to happen right and exact I hope he contacts uh, the author of the other side of the river read the book and then contact the author and because I'm sure he will, you know, hook it up and uh, be a part of you all's project uh, might even, you know, help it get more attention and uh, inform. So you'll have more information uh, to better understand why this event happened to young Mr. Nicholas Gunn. We'll wrap things up. We'll be here tomorrow for the book club, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Much obliged for folks tuning in. Hope it was constructive having a non-white person on the program. White guests only. No exceptions. That said, uh, sobriety would be best. Imagine if he had been under the influence. If you're out and about, this sort of thing happens. Exit. That's what he was trying to do. Exit. This is not time. Who are you calling nigger? And I'm going to show you. They could have been armed. Exit. Unless you're ready to kill and or die immediately if you're in a vehicle you're sober buckled up not on your mobile device doing the small things that we can to minimize contact with race soldiers badge or no that said creator we ask that you help us remain patient with other black people 
victims of white supremacy, we ask that you help us remain patient with ourselves. Remind us to demonstrate the highest levels of black self-respect at all times, in all places, each and every time we are in contact with another black person. It has been time replace white supremacy with justice immediately. No name calling, no gossiping, no reckless production of offspring and mandatory talk to your children honestly and often about racism, white supremacy, what it is and how it works with books. Nigga, you so brainwashed. I'm a victim, brother. I'm a victim. I'm a victim of 400 years of conditioning. Shut up. The man has programmed my conditioning. Mm -hmm. Even my conditioning has been conditioned. <laughs>